4: You're listening to Hurt at Sports Radio. Let's
5: lock in on this moment right now. Let's so all just be here for a second, right? Off to the races. 10, five. touchdown Nebraska! We are going to go out there today. And we are going to play the, the way we play. Throws, Touchdown! It's about our football. It's about the things you freaking guys do. His second interception on the season. Multiple flags come down on their turn, but it's going to be Nebraska football. Just like if we played these guys at practice.
4: Straight back in the pocket.
5: Rifles a pass. It was tipped. It's picked off by Foreman. He's at the 15. 10, 5. He'll score. RDB. Every snap. What's next? Play like Rose. Sets. Rose. Battle. each other out tonight man Spins! Touchdown, Nebraska! if we die we die if we die we die
2: let's see they're going to put it down yep at the 47 yard line so if he were to hit it it'll go in the books is the longest in school of history this is an attempt of 57 yards does he have enough is it
5: long enough
0: We die, we die.
1: Good morning here on a Friday. It is Herd At Sports Radio, live from the Herd At Sports Bar and Grill. I'm Robbie Lula. Andrew Rogers is doing the fist pump over here. I
3: feel like I'm in, like, the middle of a dance club right now with music like this. He's beating that beat up. Well, you know, if we die, we die. Um, That is, like, the perfect line before
1: the beat drops. Oh, yeah.
3: If we die, we die.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Welcome in. We're on AM 590 ESPN, Omaha ESPN, Tri-Cities, as well as Twitter and YouTube. That is... That open is the indication that it's time for a football Friday Oof, here. I'm ready on Herd at Sports Radio. My favorite animal, the peacock. The peacock is coming up tomorrow, uh, 11 a.m. Listen, if you don't if you don't want to you don't want to buy peacock, we got you covered here at Herd at Sports. That's Podcast. what I was told. That's what I was told. They were over here yesterday working out all the kinks. They were like over here the entire tech team. I think every technical person that works at Herd at Sports. I believe was here yesterday. And hearing how much it cost. After the show, yeah, we appreciate uh, insane. the investment that that they're making to make sure we can watch what the Husker it, What did game. CG say, like $70 a TV? Uh, something like that, yeah. It's aggressive, which, you know, it's cheaper. It's as, a challenge. It's cheaper at home, but they do that to sports bars. You know, that's why a lot of sports bars mm-hmm. don't show fights anymore, stuff like that, because the upcharge. Oh, the UFC fights are insane. The UFC fights are insane. A lot of the... Um, like boxing pay-per-views mm-hmm. are mm-hmm. insane. That's why a lot of times I just, I mean, that's why a lot of them have cover charges, and half the time I'll just end up buying it myself because it's like, well, by the time I go to a restaurant, pay the cover. Eat some food. Yeah, eat some food, have some drinks, whatever, you know. Uh, but you don't have to worry about that here at Hurtout Sports Bar and Grill. We got you covered for the game tomorrow. Uh, whether you have Peacock or not, I've got Peacock. I'm still going to be here. You I don't know. have Peacock. <laughs> uh, you know, so when they moved the office over, It's like I need access to the office and parks and rec pretty much at all times Mm -hmm. just as like a comfort blanket. So, um, you know, it's it's my it's my little security blanket there. I've actually been going through Brooklyn Nine-Nine recently. I love Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Love that show. It is so funny. It
3: is so my type of humor. It is exactly how I operate Mm -hmm.
1: through through every day. And that's just how super underrated. Stupid humor is, is my thing. Yeah. Super underrated show. Terrific show. Um, anyways, yeah, you can watch the game here. We've got you covered with Peacock. Whether you've got it, whether you don't have it, come hang out with us tomorrow. Yeah, I'm going to St. Louis to watch yeah. Peacock. You'll be in St. Louis. I'll be here at the <laughs> at Sports Bar and Grill. I think I'm going to try and get a quick pickle pickleball game in before the the game tomorrow. Mm. You know, get a little get a little movement going, yeah. get a little jazzed up. Well, you need up. a little exercise, Yeah, right? get a little jazzed up before the game. Yeah. Hey, let the Get the blood flowing. You know, like Coach Rule likes to kind of work out while they're warming up before games. That's, that's me. I'm going to go play some pickleball. Wouldn't I'll shock me work. if Coach Rule also plays pickleball
3: might. <laughs> Are you <laughs> going to play with Coach Rule? Like, you can be honest. <laughs> I
1: mean, no, I do want to play Coach Rule in pickleball. Driving down point. to Lincoln? <laughs> I I wish. <laughs> I do want to play Coach Rule. We're actually going to meet halfway in Ashland. And just... Oh, <laughs> <laughs> is that half? It's, a, it's pretty close. Uh, <laughs> well, we got a great show for you here today. Super football heavy, as you could expect here on a Friday. Tons of stuff going on. Obviously, the Husker game tomorrow. You've got the state semifinals in football tonight. We mm-hmm. had Thursday night football last night. Obviously, you've got. Hold a, on one second. Uh, oh, oh the, the the Bears. The Bears. Um, they came away. I've got to I got I to put them back in hiding. They're in hibernation. I,
3: what is that time of year? The rest of the, the, rest of the year. I was like, you got to <laughs> shut it down. Make well, now eat, I do. Well, it. So now we do, I should say, because if they didn't beat Carolina, they wouldn't have number one still secured because yeah. they have Carolina's pick this year. Um, and if they do shut down now, you have a better chance of getting
1: back to two. Yeah, you've got to get number <laughs> one and number two. Lock those things down. Listen, got to at least get top five picks, right? Mm-hmm. Got to get two top five picks. You'll be uh, – hey, Give me one and four. I'd be cool with that. That'd be terrific. Yeah, I mean anything up there would be great. Uh, but we've got a, I mean there's there's a really good college football slate this weekend. Obviously you got the NFL on Sunday. Which, speaking, of, if you don't have NFL Sunday ticket, you come and hang out here at the Hurt Sports Bar mm-hmm. and Grill as yep. well. Uh Hurtout terri- Sports Bar and Grill just has like everything. They got when it everything comes you, you want. They got everything you want. Um, but we've got a great lineup. Hopefully we've got everything you want today as well. We're gonna bump our our guest uh, up. It's Michael Rose Ivy. He's gonna be at 7:45 this morning. Why? Well, I'll, I'll get to it. Oh. We've got my girl's Ivy at 745. He's going to preview Nebraska. And then at 8 o'clock, because we wanted him for a longer segment this week, uh, we've got our guy, old DB, Damon Benning, going to be here at 8 a.m. Love it. We're going to talk, obviously, some Nebraska football with him, but really want to get into high school stuff with him as well. His Westside Warriors are going at it tonight, trying to get to that state title game. Another big one. Another big one here tonight. And then – we will talk to Mike Sauter, as always, at 9 o'clock. He's actually going to join us for the whole 9 o'clock hour, and we will wrap up the show, as we always do on Football Fridays. Which is a perfect uh, day for Sauter to wrap up the whole show because not only is it high school football
3: playoffs mm-hmm. or just maybe a, a minor recap of what happened last weekend. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I guess not too much because we did have him on Monday. Yeah, we have uh, on So, Monday. so we have it, it will Gio's be a, stuff, a looking yeah.
1: forward with, with Mike Sauter, but also Nebraska basketball. Yes, Nebraska basketball played He was at both games this night. week. He was. I saw him at the Creighton game. We uh, were up in the press area for a little bit there, having a good time. He was wearing a, he was wearing a sport coat. He was looking good. He was looking sharp. Mike Sauter's fit game. He was doing – oh, man. Me, Don't sh- blow up his head anymore, though. Listen, you should have seen the shoes he was wearing. They were elite. I'll let, you, I'll let him tell you about them. But, I,
3: mean,
0: I got a
1: question. Andrew, do you have a jersey on? It, listen, <laughs>
3: jerseys are in always, forever – I don't care what anybody says.
1: I will never be too old to wear a jersey. I don't have a problem with jerseys. I I know some people get like bent out of shape about adults wearing jerseys. I'm okay with it. Ever. Mike Sauter gets his shirts tailored. I mean, every
3: like button up shirt he owns. Yeah. Like a normal person would go to your local store, whatever it is, whatever Mm -hmm. your cup of tea is. You'd pick a shirt off the rack. Say it's a size like you know 17 and a half collar. It's a it's a large. That's what that's all it says, right? And that's the shirt that you wear mm-hmm. underneath. Say that really nice uh, sports coat that he had yeah. on. Uh, no, Mike Sauter gets every shirt tailored. See, I don't get every shirt tailored. I do have some that are tailored, and it is nice. So people mm-hmm. have their isms, right? Is, yeah. is kind of what I'm getting at. I'm not knocking getting his every shirt tailored. Yeah. I think it's nice. I yeah, think so. it it makes you look. It makes you look and feel good, yeah. right? Whenever you have that perfect-fitting shirt, jersey makes me feel good, man. You can't tear me down. <laughs>
0: I got a question, Andrew. Do you have no? A I'm not listening.
3: On? I'm not listening, Sauter. Mm-hmm. And I hope you come in
1: today with a Zach Wilson jersey on, or else you're not a real Jets fan. Yeah, I don't have. A, I don't have a problem with the jerseys. Like I, you know, there's some that I would wear and some that I wouldn't. In terms of at my at this point in my life, I'm more of like a throwback situation. Like I kind of. Mostly just because I don't like that <laughs> I don't want to buy a jersey of somebody that's gonna leave and play on a team I hate in three years, so I see that doesn't bother me. See, I'll just it, get a new one. <laughs> see, I know, but then it's like, well, now what do I do with the jer- the jersey? So you give it give it to Goodwill. I appreci- I like the throwbacks because I know how the career played out, and I know like whether or not they you know like had any issues mm-hmm. or whatever. So I like a throwback jersey. I also there's. Uh, you know, th- I kind of like the baseball, not the button-up baseball jerseys, but the just like the V-neck baseball mm-hmm. jerseys. I think those are cool. I like, you know, there's okay, a so, place for jerseys. So
3: I got a lot of jerseys. Yeah. Like, I, I really am a jersey guy. I used to be a T-shirt jersey guy, and I got made fun of, too, at my past stop for wearing T-shirt jerseys way too much. Uh, yeah, I, don't,
1: I really don't have a problem with T-shirt jerseys. Those are just shirts. Who cares? Th- they're shirts just with numbers on yeah, the back of them. who cares? Right? So I, uh, I got a Curry T-shirt jersey. I
3: got a ton of jerseys, and my favorite one— is a college jersey, okay, okay, it's from a bordering state to Nebraska, okay, he used to play quarterback, okay, and when I say used to, it's within the year, who am I talking about? Uh, well, Cooper DeJean is not within the year, is it? Taylor? No, but he's – so he didn't used to play quarterback for college. Like, oh, he used oh. to play in high school. But, oh, uh, so the guy played quarterback in college. Yeah, he actually was the starting quarterback last year at the team, was supposed to be the starting quarterback this year, but then
1: got into some uh uh-uh. Uh-oh. <laughs> Bordering state from Nebraska. Huh. I don't know. Hunter Deckers. Oh. <laughs> oh <yeah. laughs>
3: it's this all-black Iowa State jersey. It is yeah, sick. Yeah. And so I let my buddy wear it uh, when uh, when I had Omaha Hockey last week, and he wanted to wear a jersey to the game. Because, yeah. I mean, just my friend group, it, we're just big jersey guys. Yeah, yeah. And so he's like, I'm, I'm showing him. I'm like, you'll probably get beat up if you wear the Cooper DeGene jersey. Um, if you wear Hunter Deckers, it's actually – It's pretty funny because, you know, he he got caught gambling on his parents account and now he can't play football, which speaking of, did you see the NCAA like revised how they will handle certain situations with athletes that bet on other sports, not their team? other than their own? Now, if if I remember correctly, though, I think Iowa State was betting on their own like
1: uh, one of those it was either iowa or iowa state bet on their own sport i don't think the ncaa ruling is going to help out those guys much because they were like in it and also some of them are in a little bit of trouble legally because of how they tried to conceal it so it is going to help some people. I don't know how much it's going to help the Iowa and Iowa mm-hmm. State guys because they're in. And they're this in is hot just water. in terms of eligibility, right? Yeah, because right. the rule was before you get caught, you're
3: done. Yeah, you're done. for You lose all eligibility. Yeah. Now it's you forfeit one year of eligibility, which is nice because like the NCAA um, understands that this was a mistake. Yeah,
1: people make mistakes. Um, I
3: get that. And not only that, you don't want to like ruin. You don't want to tank somebody's career. Yeah. Uh, the NCAA wants you to be there as much as you want to be there, mm-hmm. but you also have to do it the right way. So there is punishment. It's just not um, it's not the death penalty, yeah, right? And, right? And essentially that's what it was beforehand. So and he's wearing Hunter Deckers, and, and people were asking him if he was just an Iowa State fan. And I'm like, guys, you guys are missing the point. Look at the back of <laughs> the jersey. Like, this is this is why this jersey is fantastic. Now, the reason I have it is because I covered him yeah, in yeah, Iowa. Yeah. So that's... Really, I buy jerseys of people that I cover. Sure. Um, people you like. People my you next jersey from from good old China um, <laughs> is going to be somebody that uh, wears a number in the 30s. Okay. He uh, plays football in this state, and I may or may not have um, a lot of love for the
1: guy. 30s? Does he play college already? Mm-hmm. college football football. I love the guy who, is he, who do you like in the 30s?
3: Tristan Alba. Oh, no. that's a, that uh, <laughs> That was a bunny, man. You just I, missed a right-handed layup. I forget that kickers <laughs> exist, if I'm going to be honest.
1: Whoa! I was thinking
3: like... Robbie, we are no longer friends. The wall is up. The show is over. Shane,
1: it's just you and Robbie. I'm sitting here silent. Thinking like Tommy Hill. I
3: was
5: like, that's
1: a weird one. I don't think you like Tommy Hill that much. Then I was trying to think of like a running back. I was like, I don't think any of the running backs are in the 30s. I was like, well, maybe a linebacker. I was like, maybe he's a big Barrett Lebentritt guy. <laughs> <laughs> Which I, I was coming
3: into the season. I was yeah. like, hey, Lebentritt's going to be somebody that really makes an impact on this team. Now, I don't know how much the fullback actually yeah. has impacted and the he way got that they banged up. And, yeah, well, yeah. O- offensively, how this team is styled for sure. But he still is somebody that. If I I need a blocker in front of me, I'll take Liebentred all day, every day. I like
1: Liebentred. (laughs) That guy's mean. For sure. I did want to, you know, you your your NFL Bears were in action mm-hmm. last night. Uh, they were my sixteen for
3: my pick'em, and people were like, "Ooh, I don't know." And I'm, I felt comfortable the whole time, whole time, even when they were down ten-three. I felt comfortable.
1: I mean, you got a little nervous at the end because you were texting me a little bit. You were, <laughs> you were like, "I don't, I want to go to bed." <laughs> yeah, um, I did. I really, well, yeah, Carolina was driving. <laughs> they were making it. They were getting a little froggy there in Carolina, but they uh, they pulled out the win for. Your Chicago Bears. I, I was curious though, because you mentioned the draft picks involved in that game, and that is maybe the uh, most interesting part of mm-hmm. that game. Well, it's what they were talking about—the Heisman oh, yeah.
3: Trophy winner against the Harlan Hill Trophy winner.
1: Yeah, which is, I feel like I just went into my inner say, Al Michaels. You go, you go? Although it sounded more like Kevin Harlan. <laughs> yeah, I will say it was a little. It was better than the Kevin Harlan video we watched the other day. That is true. Um, but so, okay. So, who would you rather be? right now and I think I know the answer but try and try and remove your band Mm -hmm. your Bears fandom from it okay would you rather be the Panthers with Bryce Young right Mm -hmm. now or the Bears with Justin Fields and the Panthers pick this year I'd rather be the Bears still so I would too the reason for that is I just think their team is
3: set up better than the Panthers so what about just the quarterback situation just the quarterback situation I would actually still lean Bryce Young okay and the reason for that is I don't think Bryce Young has a lot of weapons like he did at Bama sure and but that's one of the concerns it, coming it is, out, it is right? a, it's a big concern yeah. but he's somebody that and I say I'm still comfortable saying this his IQ is off the chart. No, he's, yeah, he's incredibly bright. He's so smart. Yeah. I think he, right now he's in a little bit of a panic because he doesn't have a lot of time. He doesn't have college football time like he sure. did at Bama. Yeah. He also doesn't have the weapons that he used to have. But Bryce Young's a good quarterback. He's just, he reminds me of like somebody that, say you were the backup quarterback of your high school team and you got thrown in there, and today's the state semifinals, right? And you go in for the state semifinals and you're, like, a little tight. Sure. That's just how he reminds me every game he plays because he's not given a lot of time. Now, his throws aren't fantastic either, but are those receivers even
1: getting open? He's just throwing the ball away most of the time just to avoid avoid a sack. Yeah, so, I mean, at nine games in, you'd like to see it start getting a little better, and I know the Panthers aren't getting any better, so that makes it tricky Uh, I think I'd rather be the Bears in this situation because either Justin Fields pans out, which I I think we're starting to lean towards maybe he doesn't, but he's been hurt most of the year, so it's hard Mm -hmm. to say. Um, Or you're probably going to have two of the top five picks this year, two of the top six maybe at worst. It's considered a pretty good quarterback draft. Your chances of getting Caleb Williams or Drake May are pretty high. Well, and... And that is 100% true, which is why I
3: can't sit here today and say Justin Fields makes me uh, more comfortable than Bryce Young, because the Bears next year may be in the same
1: boat that the Panthers are in this year. And now let me ask you this, though. So if the Panthers had chosen CJ Stroud and he's having the year Mm -hmm. he's having, Mm -hmm. Then it's Panthers no brainer, right? Because you feel like. So CJ Stroud's numbers that he's in Houston translate to Carolina. Let's be honest with CJ Stroud. Mm -hmm. He doesn't have a lot of weapons either. Mm -hmm. That was a totally dysfunctional situation in Houston before D'Amico Ryans and CJ Stroud comes in. uh, Which, I mean, I think you want to look towards maybe what's wrong with the 49ers right now. The loss of D'Amico Ryans is one of the biggest issues. But, uh, yeah, I'd, I'd take C.J. Stroud. And just because
3: we're seeing that success, yeah. um, I think Houston's offense is set up more for C.J. Stroud to succeed. Um, I, look, Tankdale's a beast. Yeah. He, he's a really good wide receiver. He was really good in college. He was undervalued coming out sure. of college, too. I think two years ago when um, Tankdale went to Houston, Houston beat Cincinnati in a bowl game. Mm-hmm. And Sauce Gardner was the corner on Tank Dell the entire game, mm-hmm. and Tank dusted him. We talk about Sauce Gardner as one of the best young yeah. corners in the league. I mean, one of the best corners
1: just full stop, yeah. But
3: Tank Dell dusted him in that yeah. game. He went for like 170 and a score. So they, he's got him, and he's also got Dalton Schultz, who's been really reliable. Mm-hmm. Uh, Now, outside of that, I'm with – well, Nico Collins is a good wide receiver too. I don't think he gets enough credit as a wide receiver one. Houston has weapons, but, you know, Bryce Young is Adam Thielen. He just doesn't have a Dalton Schultz. He also doesn't have a Tank Dell. And that running back situation is what's happening in Carolina. Are you really leaning Chuba Hubbard over Miles Sanders? Miles Sanders went for two rushes for negative
1: five last night. (laughs) Um, At least – that was through
3: three and a half quarters of football. I don't know if he got a late
1: touch. But last night, I mean, last year you would have said, hey, Miles Sanders, that's a nice pickup for the Carolina. You would have said. I did. You know, yeah. there's a lot of. Even with the injuries. And so, I mean, you look, I understand that, like, Tank Dell was really productive in college and that, you know, he was probably underrated. But, like, Noah Brown's been going off. It's like, like mm-hmm. who's that guy? Like, that's just a guy. Right. Right. You know, and so I, I do think C.J. Stroud's probably got a little bit more help than Bryce Young. But my point is, it's not like he walked into a situation with like Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase, right? He doesn't have mm-hmm. Justin Jefferson the way Kirk Cousins does. Like they don't have, he doesn't have any of those guys Yeah, either. you know,
3: Bryce Young's in a spot where he could easily fizzle out over succeed. Yes. And we've seen quarterbacks do that. Yeah. Uh, and
1: plenty, plenty have done that before. Think about all the quarterbacks the Jets had Yeah, and and, And listen, not not all of those are bad guys, right? Like, not all of those are guys that couldn't play at all. I'm a a firm believer that the – I think the situation for quarterbacks is way more crucial to their success than a lot of people do. And I think there's way more guys that fall into the, hey, it's conditional on where they end up situation than the guys that can transcend their situation. Mm -hmm. Like, there's a handful of guys – in maybe every generation that can transcend whatever right. situation they're put in. Peyton Manning is probably the best example of the last generation because those Colts teams were terrible. Mm-hmm. What about
3: Aaron Rodgers when he played in Green Bay? I'm not going to say the teams were awful, yeah, so- but he's somebody that was able to transcend after Favre. Like,
1: that's hard to do when you sit the bench for a while. It was a weird situation because of Favre, but that was a setup—a team that was set up to win and a generally functional organization, right? Like, that's an organization that had been mm-hmm. mostly well-run. Okay, okay. And so, and he Getting did to a, the big game and winning that big game, though, is, for is sure. a separator. Yes, it is. But there's, like, there's like I wouldn't even put Tom Brady in that category because he was in such a good position. Okay. And there's about 99% okay. mm-hmm. other t- percent of the teams in the league where – I'm not even sure if he gets the chance. Does that make him a worse quarterback? Uh, no, but if you never even get the chance to show what you can do, like, I, I don't think there's, there's probably 30 teams in the league that Tom Brady never even makes a roster for because they're like, oh, he's a sixth round guy. We already have, you know, I think they had Michael Bishop from Kansas State at the time, and, and they still had Drew Bledsoe, obviously, and so you kind of look at it and you go, ah, do we really need this sixth-rounder from Michigan? And you're like, nah, we're okay. So, like, even the greatest quarterback of all time, I think, was conditional on the situation he was put in, right? Because you look at the first few years of his career, he was more of a game manager type. And then it wasn't until, I think, the 03 year where they went to the Super Bowl, where he really starts popping off and having these big numbers. So I don't even put, I don't even put Tom Brady in the category of could have transcended any situation. There's just not a ton of those guys where you could drop them anywhere and they'd be fine. And I think that's the situation we're in with Bryce Young. Ironically, I think the Colts had two of them. I think Andrew Luck was one of them because mm-hmm. that wasn't a very good situation. And I think Peyton Manning was one of them. I, outside of that, you look at yeah, – and maybe, maybe C.J. Stroud's one of them because I don't think that's that good of a situation. And I wouldn't have said he was one of those guys. And it's early, yeah, super we'll early on we'll him. See. But the success early has been really impressive to me. Maybe Bryce Young's one of those second-stop guys or his second stop, he ends up looking really good, or maybe he's one of those guys where he just never gets in that position, unfortunately, which you get with a lot of number one picks, Mm -hmm. right? Because you get put on the worst team. Yeah, because you're on a team that's god-awful, right? Like, it's a tough spot to be put in, and I think we lose a lot of talented quarterbacks in terms of they don't end up being successful because of how difficult the situation is. Well, think about it, too. When you draft Bryce Young, you have to tell him, hey, you're going to
3: suck for two years. Yeah, minimum. Because we don't have a pick next year. Yeah.
1: Like, we gave up a ton of stuff, including your best your, wide receiver, your top whiteout, yep. to go and get you. Uh, good luck, right? Um, it's, a, it's a really tough spot for Bryce Young. I'd like to see him be successful, but I don't know. That's not a real, real, a real well-run organization over in Carolina. Uh, coming up next, we've got more on this Football Friday here on Heard at Sports Radio, AM 590, ESPN Omaha, ESPN Tri-Cities.
5: You're listening to Hurt at Sports Radio. Yeah, the, the, my, my favorite ones are, are the ones who, and I say this with the greatest respect for these, are, are the ones who aren't like the seven on seven kings. You know, like, you know, um, Glenn Foley's, Ed Foley's brother, longtime NFL quarterback. He always called me, he'd like, be careful of the shotgun babies, man. I said, what does that mean? He's like, you know, like, you know, they, they grew up, they're in the shotgun, everything feels good. Like, you watch Talia play, man, he's running around, he's making plays. He's, he's not playing a seven on seven league where there's no one around him, like, you know. He, not many quarterbacks, most young quarterbacks, hey, they get out to their right, they'll throw it down to the left, they run it. He gets out to his left, he's out, might, might even be more dynamic throwing the ball down the field. So he's playing quarterback, like he's playing the game. And um, that's, that's, you know, that's what makes him great. And that's what makes him really, really a special player. And so when you look in the NFL and you look at the guys who are playing at a high level, um, in their own separate ways right like everything doesn't have to be perfect you know um, you know the, you you turn on Patrick Mahomes you know his, his best plays are sometimes when things do break down and so um, I think the thing about uh, uh, Talia is he can he can play from the pocket he can play from outside the pocket he can throw the ball deep he's got great rhythm he doesn't get balls batted down um, so he's, he's he's a just an all-around great player <laughs>
1: Welcome back. Heard at Sports Radio here on AM 590 ESPN Omaha, ESPN Tri-Cities. I'm Ravi Lula. Andrew Rogers here with me. Hey there. A really interesting comment from Matt Rule there Um, for a couple reasons. First of all, he was talking about Maryland's quarterback, not anybody associated with Nebraska's program, but it was – Interesting because you see a lot of, the, I mean, I thought the shotgun baby's uh, comment was funny. But the first thing I thought of was the air raid offenses, right? Mm-hmm. Where you get the ball out super fast. You're really not even, um, it, it's kind of a one or two read situation. You are really not even giving the defense an opportunity to get any kind of pressure on you. I mean, with as quick as some of those passes get out, there's there's really no I mean, it's just not even physically possible to get to the quarterback, even if you beat your guy straight up um, off the line there. And, you know, you you think of some of the guys that have been successful in those systems and then they go struggle in the NFL. So that was the first thing I thought of. The second thing I thought of was the seven-on-seven comment where he doesn't, he says, doesn't really like the seven-on-seven Kings. And that's particularly interesting because uh, some people would make the argument that the only quarterback in Nebraska's class this year has made most of his name on seven on seven. And I think that's a fair argument. Like he, Danny Kalen, and and I'm not saying this means he will or won't be successful, right? Because you've seen guys that are really great in seven on seven that end up being successful. You see guys that are really great in seven on seven that don't end up being successful. And so this isn't to say anything about his future prospects at Nebraska. Um, But it is interesting that the only guy that they have in this class has who I mean I I don't think anyone can deny struggled this year at Bellevue West he he, I don't think had any the year any of us well he didn't have a year that he would be happy yeah that he would be happy about that any of us would have expected from a guy that was that highly touted and rated I know they had some injuries and stuff like that but you know it was interesting to hear him say that when you could make the argument um, that most of, of Danny Kalin's recruiting interest and his reputation came off of seven on seven and so to hear him explicitly say that in a press conference i thought was really interesting
3: yeah you know a little bit of both right it, it came from seven on seven but it also came a lot from camp like Danny Kalen's a really good camp kid. Sure. Shows off his yeah. skills well yeah. in camp when there isn't a lot of pressure. But he can really huck the football down yeah. the field. He's got a lot of arm strength. A lot he's, of arm he's talent. Got, yeah. He's got good yeah. footwork in camp. There, there's just a lot of things that typical there, size. There, there's yeah. a lot of things to like, which is why you know a lot of kids take that knock of being so-called sure. camp kids, and can that um, can that translate over to live game or or even the college level? But you're right, when I first heard that comment, the first thing I thought of was, hmm, seems kind of ironic. It does, yeah. Because Danny Kalin is a seven on seven king. Yeah. Why is he a seven on seven king? Well, for everything I just kind of said, like he excels in camp for the same yeah. reason. There is no pressure that comes at him. We watched him at Bell West this year, and look, Bell West had some really good games. They had some that they struggled, and yeah. you know,
1: their, their line wasn't, you know, perfect. Uh, and I saw but, him against more than just Westside. I saw him, I think, twice against, or once against Westside and twice against other teams. But even against Creighton Prep to open yeah. the year, the yep.
3: first game that I, uh, I took note of was every time the, the ball was snapped, it seemed like I have to go to my first option. I have to, I, I look one way, I throw because it seems sort of panicky right it wasn't like wait for the best throw or look off and go to my second option it was no I'm just going to throw it now he had to deal with wind conditions in that game too and yeah. the wind was tough yeah. but you would hope throughout the game that you'd be able to find your touch and that never happened um but look this this comment is is, is interesting because when you want a quarterback like Talia Tungavailoa mm-hmm. when you want somebody that plays like him um, has the experience that he does, but also knows he's good. Because like, really when you're a quarterback, you have to know you're Yeah, really the good. confidence is as important as anything. The, the ability to, to roll out, which Talia doesn't do too often. I mean, he rolls out and throws. He doesn't roll out and run. Yes, yeah. Uh, but the ability to move away from
1: your pocket – He's mobile and, and to make, throw, not, not mobile to run, yeah.
3: Right, and put yourself in an uncomfortable position, whether that is throw across your body um, or, you know, throw the, the way your body isn't going and complete passes and be successful and throw for 400 yards. That's what Rule is saying by, hey, he's not just somebody that drops back to pass and throw right mm-hmm. cuz that's what you do in 7 on 7 you you take the snap you drop back you look around for days as long because as you, you, as you as have long no pressure yeah. and then you throw it's the same thing in camp right mm-hmm. you take your snap you do your footwork you do basic looks but when you don't feel any of that pressure whenever you uh, are in a position where you don't feel like somebody's going to smoke you at any point mm-hmm. in time it's easy to be good, and especially if you've got a base level of physical ability It's easy right? to be good, and that's every sport right and if nobody's if no one's closing out on me and I'm
1: shooting a three,
3: what it's easy do. for me to shoot a three.
1: now here's the part that is here's the part that probably needs to be noted as well is Talia Tagavailoa, who coach rule was praising in that clip, I'm guessing was a really good camp kid also he was a four star he had a lot of sec offers i'm guessing he was really good at seven on seven i'm guessing he was really good in camps he was a he was an all-american coming out of high school this is a guy that was probably also good at all of those things right the place where you get a little bit tricky is real football generally translates at the skill positions to being good on seven on seven it doesn't always go the other way we're being really good at seven on seven translates to real football and that's what we don't know right there's certain guys where you just don't know what they end up looking like in real football at the college level until you until you get there and and so that's why you know i don't want people to take this as us crapping on danny kalin because that's not what we're doing here it's just but i we're just presenting the facts of what we know today. Yeah,
3: what it, we know is he didn't have the best year at Bell West yeah. and we know he got his, his big offers from all schools, from even Mizzou. But when he yeah. first committed to Mizzou based on yes, previous film and how successful he was as a junior because he was he did a really nice job of lighting up the stats. But it, a lot of camp and but a lot of seven camp seven. and a lot of seven on seven and they, look Bell West is they win seven on seven a lot.
1: Yeah. Like there's a reason for it. Well that. and here's the thing about Kalen as well is he started getting offers before he had played a, or before he had started a varsity game at Bellevue West. I believe it was either before or after his sophomore years. He started getting offers really early. I think Florida State was one of the first ones. And those were based solely on camps at seven on seven because he hadn't really played varsity high school football yet. And so again, is that to say that he won't be successful? Not at all. What it is to say is when Coach Rule makes a comment like that, it's really interesting to hear the types of quarterbacks he wants versus the type of quarterback they recruited. Yeah. It just, it, my head went, went straight to him
3: and and, it's, and, and, and maybe it's unfair, yeah. but uh, it's just because it's, it's a little bit uh, of, of recency that, that directed me. Uh, that way. But Danny Kalen has a lot of growth um, that needs to be had or done, right? There's a lot that uh, he needs to improve upon before stepping foot at the next level. And what I, the main one I think is getting
1: comfortable in vulnerable situations. Yeah, absolutely. And some guys, for some guys, that's learnable. And for some guys, that's kind of an innate quality that they have. And it's really, again, that's one of those things where it's really hard to figure out until you see them against live action you know that's uh, coach rule i think before one of the game broadcasts told a db that you know sometimes and this was in reference to heinrich harburg he's like sometimes you have no idea what you have with a guy until you throw him out there and that's true quarterback is one of the strangest positions in that way and to be fair that's part of the reason i kind of want to see chubba because the situations he's been in I don't think the Mark Whipple whatever situation last year was advantageous for anybody by the by the time that he played. I don't think his, his situation. Uh, I think he was under either early Mike Norvell where they were struggling, or yeah, I think it was early Mike Norvell when they were struggling. That wasn't a great situation at Florida State. I'd kind of like to see him. That's part of the reason because a lot of times you don't know what you have until you toss him out there. Uh, coming up next, we're gonna start talking Nebraska football with Michael Rose Ivy here on Hardat Sports Radio. Wrapping up our number one here on Herd Out Sports Radio. I'm Ravi Lula. Andrew Rogers here with me. We are on AM 590 ESPN Omaha and ESPN Tri-Cities. We are joined now by our Football Friday friend, Michael Rose-Ivy, former Nebraska Cornhusker, current high school coach. MRI, how you doing this morning?
6: I'm doing good. Doing good. A little, uh, a little cold out here this morning. So. <laughs>
1: it's l- A little chilly in our neck of the woods here as well. We're hoping it warms up a little bit for tonight's high season. It's
6: chilly in season.
1: That's right. That's right. That's when we do. It's football weather. That's what we do in Nebraska. You remember that, don't you? I don't partake. <laughs> See, I'll eat them separate. I'm not putting the chili on the cinnamon roll. I'll eat them separately, though. Yeah, yeah. They uh, are not going to be eaten in the same city, <laughs> and I will tell you that much. It's a lot of carbs. you got a carbo load. Uh, yeah, that's the reason. It's because of the carbs. <laughs> uh, Michael, let's look back real quick uh, before we look at Maryland to that Michigan State game. Um, you know, I, I think you can make the argument that Nebraska really didn't play that much differently than they had in the three wins. Preceding that, uh, it just they had a couple more plays that uh, the that the defense gave up a couple more splash plays, especially with the secondary. Uh, what did you see in that game that was, I guess, anything that was concerning for you moving forward uh, on that side?
6: I just think the the ineffectiveness, I guess, the lack of efficiency in the run game. Um, you know, the ability to get key first downs in short yardage situations. Um, running on early downs, I think that's one of the – I mean, even when it looks at third down, obviously Nebraska wasn't great on third down or fourth down. Um, but the first down of 15, you know, just being able to get at least four yards. You know, We track that at high school. Um, probably every college track said, so, you know, just get four four yards on first down. Um, and when they don't – when they're not able to do that, it puts them obviously in a disadvantage situation, you know, second and third and long. But now we're forcing, um, you know, Harvard to be a, 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 a pass first you know, kind of guy and uh, maybe be able to make some plays happen with the scramble game, but, you know, with the amount of young receivers and, um, you know, kind of how things are smoothed up. It's not an advantage for Nebraska in those long third down situations. So, I think, um, you know, getting more uh, efficient in the run game um, is something that they have to key in on as they close out the year. Because so I know that's something that they want to hang their hat on uh, and be able to run whenever they whenever they would like to. So, um, that's probably the most most concerning thing I, I would say. You know, being able to be a being efficient in the right game.
3: MRI we just got done uh, in the previous segment talking about Talia Tungavailoa. Um and it, you know you played with with great quarterbacks, too, Taylor Martinez, Tommy Armstrong Jr., just both QBs that were outstanding talents at the university, uh, guys that can not only light up the stat sheet, but play janitor to clean up mistakes around them. Maryland has that guy in Talia. So I, I guess my question to you is just how nice was it to play for a team that has a player that, you know, um, can, can be that person for your squad week in and week out that can play janitor?
6: Yeah, I mean, it definitely kind of puts, uh, you know, takes a little pressure off of, you know, off of people, but I think for a defense, I think it puts more pressure because you know, you know that you know if this guy um, is giving his all, and he, you know, he's, you know, helping us get out of bad situations more times than not. You know, at some point, you want to like, well, let's not put him in those situations. You know, um, I think what Talia uh, does very well is, uh, you know, cipher coverages. Obviously, he's been around Coach Locksley, um, you know, for, for quite a time. You I know, mean, that's an NFL RPO style offense. So, um, I think his his poise and just having a quarterback to have that poise, and, and you look at them after maybe a, a bad drive by the defense or an unfortunate drive, maybe even for the offense. That hey, they're you know going back to their guys hey, we got this. We, we know we know what it is. Hey, that's on me. Um, you know what needs to be said, but more so the action that goes after you know, coming on the sideline. Uh, you know, and, and, and step up to those moments. So I think that's the joy of having those type of guys and leading the team, especially as that.
1: Michael, you mentioned putting guys in places to be successful. I'm curious, as you watch Heinrich Harburg, and obviously he struggled throwing the ball last week and has struggled at, at times throughout the season in the passing game, have you seen anything that you think he looks really comfortable doing in the passing game that you'd like to see Nebraska do a little bit more?
6: Um, the only thing I would say he was comfortable with maybe more so the, you know, when he's able to use his legs and get around the edge on um, blue leg type things, uh, when he's able to kind of get outside of being in the, you know, just straight up in the pocket, you know, you can obviously see some moments where he's um, still, you know, a little bit happy feet, you know, um, with maybe not even the, the, the strongest of pressure, especially in the A-cap, he's looking for a kind of ways out or. Eyes are getting off his, his progression, kind of trying to find his check down a little too early. Um, you know, I think getting them getting them off his platform and trying to get them moving in the pocket. Um, but doing those type of things, you know, rolling out, you know, you don't want to just roll out, sprint out, you know, the whole game because the cousin uh, have to field down. So you got to be able to run the football to get those eyes going other places on the defense side of the ball. Um, you know, what would you like to see a lot more? You know, being able to make those throws across the middle at a consistent rate and. You know, being able to put it on those guys at the ten to fifteen yard mark. Um you know, I think that's what they're missing. I think everybody, you know, obviously we wanna be a physical run first, you know, pounded at you, but you know, just the way defense are structured nowadays, um, you know, a, a lot of guys are defending the pass in a way to get to the run, meaning, you know, we're gonna we're gonna fit, you know, our run fits are based on our pass coverage, right? So if I got the flat, that's gonna tell me where my leverage is gonna be, right, regardless of what position or where you're at. Um, so, I think with, with that structure and with that mindset, you know, being able to complete those intermediate passes would definitely help open up their run game and, and help them be a little bit more explosive and take a little pressure off, obviously, an injured and hurt O, o line.
1: Uh, Michael, you mentioned rolling out and maybe cutting the field in half and how that can be a negative, but for a guy like Harburg that has. At times, struggled to make the right reads and is thrown into double and triple coverage. Sometimes, is maybe cutting the field in half so he doesn't have much, as much to look at. Maybe a positive as well.
6: Yeah, yeah, and that's the catch twenty-two. You know, you cut down his his reads and make it make it more simpler. But uh, you know, you also do that for for the defense, right? Mm-hmm. You don't. Um, you know, you you, you kind of get that same focus in. Um, and then kind of start adjusting your coverages, you know, to obviously there's going to be somebody in the in, the, in a short flat and somebody going to be in the deeper intermediate, intermediate sideline area. So um, it, it makes you, uh, you know, kind of predictable in that kind of situation they're kind of in is, you know, figuring out being, how can we be efficient enough to run the football, you know, including Harburg, you know, and the, and the running back like you uh and being able to pass. You know, obviously I think he had 28 pass attempts. You know, I don't think that's anywhere near where they want him as far as past tense, you know, at a game, you know, I think a solid 15 to 18, you know, and I mean, you're running the football really, really well. Um, but obviously, like I said, with the old line, you know, they're trying to figure out what, what the what the team, what can be get to give them the best result with those guys. So,
5: um,
6: you know, I think the sprint out stuff could be stuff they can use, you know, in, in spurts, especially third downs. So I think that's where, I think where the eyes get big for him are definitely on you know, those third and eighth, third and third and long. So. Maybe using those things on some, on some third and longs to be able to just cut his vision down, give him two options. Hey, you're either going to throw it to the first guy in the flat, or you're going to run it and take it up the sideline, and we'll punt it and play good defense. So, uh, you know, I definitely think it can help, you know, but it also is, like I said, catch 22.
3: Michael, Maryland, not a typically good November team, plus they've lost four in a row. Nebraska needs to become a good November team here so they can at least get one more to get bowl eligible. How do you think that plays into Nebraska's favor, though, this weekend of Maryland not being typically a good November team?
6: I mean, you, uh, I think coming off of the Michigan State game, you know, they were on what a six game, losing the street, I believe, and, you know, a lot of. I, thought, I felt like a lot of Husker friends were very confident about this game. And I said last week, I, I knew Michigan State, they had a, play, a tough schedule. They've been going through a lot. They senior night, all that all that stuff, you know, that kind of goes into it. Um, so, I, I, think, I think Nebraska can't be look, overlooking anything about Maryland. You know, I think they're both in the same spot. This is Maryland, the last kind of opportunity possibly for them to get bowl eligible, just looking at their schedule and the teams they play for Nebraska, I mean, just being honest with what we've seen the product of the season and, and those times in Iowa, those aren't going to be two easy games for them. Um, so, some, so I think both teams are going to be hungry. Both teams are going to want this game because they, they understand the context of their season. Um, so it's going to be another tough battle. I mean, it's going to be very, very interesting coming off of the Michigan State game, the way the receivers may plays uh, against the Bradford defense, um, you know, how they're going to be able to adjust their coverage and, and alter their matchup. Um, with, with Maryland, like I said, I mean, this is a very much a, a NFL RPO, um, style offense. And they're going to, they're going to take advantage of those spots and, and find where you're rotating and put guys in them and, you know, still try to run the ball decently. But if, if it gets to be in a game where they want to, if the third 40 passes, they, they feel comfortable doing that, you know? So I think that's going to be the interesting thing to see this weekend.
1: Michael, just over a minute left here. What are a couple of keys for you if Nebraska is going to come away with the victory and bowl eligibility?
6: Um, offensive line, um, you know, controlling tackle for losses. That's one thing I look just looking at the box score from the Michigan State game, as well as Nebraska played, uh, you know, against the run and, and things like that. I mean, Michigan State had about 12 to, 12 to 15, I think, tackles for losses, you know, throughout the defense. So I think offensive line, controlling the tackles for losses, um, defense, how they match up in the secondary. What are going to be the new, um, you know, things they're going to do this week to be able to control the pass game and not allow those big plays. And then obviously you're going to have to heat up and get out to the quarterback. Um, and then obviously take care of the football. So we look for those things. And um, I think Nebraska, you know, comes away with the win this this, this week and um, you know gets ready for Wisconsin. That's
1: Michael Rose, Ivy, former Husker, current high school coach. Michael, we appreciate you as always. Good stuff. We'll talk to you again next week.
6: No problem. Appreciate you guys. Go Big Red.
1: Thanks, MRI. That's right. Go Big Red. That's Michael Rose-Ivy on the War Horse Sportsbook Hotline. Reminder. You can go out to the War Horse Sportsbook both in Omaha and I went Lincoln. to Omaha yesterday. How the Omaha was that?
3: location. It was unique because the road to get there was like a long stretch of road, yeah. and you feel like you're going the wrong way yeah. because you're driving through the racetrack, yeah, right? Yeah. And then you go over the track, but the signage there
1: is great. It's really easy to find, and then the trailers super easy to access those kiosks, too. 6303 Q Street at Horseman's Park. You can go to the War Horse Casino website or the War Horse Casino app and build your bets and then head out to Lincoln or Omaha.
4: Radio. A bunch set to the right, pistol looks, Emmett Johnson in the back, they turn.
2: Heinrich keeps it himself off the left edge, he goes in, touchdown Nebraska! Same play, Heinrich
1: keeps it, scores. Yeah. Kicking off hour number two here on Herd Out Sports Radio, I'm Robbie Lula, Andrew Rogers with me. We are live on AM 590 ESPN Omaha, ESPN Tri-Cities, and we are joined now by Old DB. Damon, how are you this morning?
4: I'm good, man.
1: I'm good. What up, DB? I'm
4: trying to make it, man. How are you, AR?
3: <laughs> good. It sounds like you're underwater.
4: All right. Well, I
1: extended the walk across the parking the Oh uh, but Let me back up one moment. <laughs> <laughs> As uh, DB adjusts. All right. How's that? Oh, yeah, that's there much, there better. Is. much better.
4: Much <laughs> better. There we go. We, oh, man, this is no
1: fun. We just, you know, we had to hear that sweet voice of yours. That's all.
4: Oh fuck! <laughs> <laughs> you should, you should get in my head sometimes. It's an awful place to be.
1: Uh, DB, uh, let's. You want to start? You want to start with high school? Or you want to start with Nebraska? Uh,
4: uh, high school. It's your show, man. High you school. Do, you do, do, high school. Okay. High All right. I guess, we're, I guess we're doing high, high school. school. Come
1: on. All right. High school. High is fine. So <laughs> I'm rocking. You know, I'm I'm rocking my West Side football uh, gear this morning. You guys have. Uh, a big semifinal matchup with millard west tonight but before we get to that one i want to look back at last week's uh 49 nothing win against bellevue west i know that was a game that you were um very uh you were you were pretty <laughs> tuned up for you were pretty tuned up for with that one the way that some of the narratives were going uh from the first meeting to this one i guess just as that game's playing out and afterward what are your thoughts and, and kind of feelings about that as, you know, people were kind of trying to find a way to maybe say you guys weren't going to perform the way you did the first time, and then you went out and, and won even more by even more the second time.
4: Yeah, this is weird, right? Both you guys know this um, just from being around me all the time. For And I've said this from since, like, the summer, right? And I, I for whatever the reason, for a team that's, that's uh, you know, played in – I think the last three state championships um you know they just this is just an edgy team there's always something that seems to like be bugging these guys and and they're never satisfied so like that's that's kind of the cool thing the whole the whole mantra and theme in the off season is to climb the mountain you know we want to elevate um and just try to get better every day it's very very competitive and so like when the season started, um, you know, getting motivated was no problem. Right. A lot of it stemmed from, and, and I'm honest, right. A lot mm-hmm. of it stemmed from, um, you know, the recruiting angles, the recruiting narratives. Um, you know, I felt like our guys, because some aren't as heavily recruited as they play, like it, they just dialed in. Right. And, and I'm, it, it's not so much of well, we don't talk about that, and it's not that big of a deal. You know what? Like, for some of our for some of our guys, um, it is a big deal. Um, and and I think motivating themselves to be the best version of themselves every day has kind of been the driving force. And these narratives seem to kind of set themselves. So for last week, it was. You know, hey, we're we're healthy this time around. We we feel better about ourselves. We're playing well. Um, you know, okay, cool. So for our guys, it's like, oh, you know, what more do we have to do? And I'm not saying that that's like, uh, yeah, sometimes it just is what it is. Like yeah, however you, however you get motivated, you get motivated. And, and so and we play up to that, like uh, as coaches, right? Because you know, for us, it's competitive too. You know, Coach Sumanji was a way to at his funeral. And he, you know, he calls, he's calling us or texting once a day, just to make sure, you know, how, how's practice going. And, you know, he's watching inside run game and he says, Hey, I, you know, I want my D line, you know, make sure they get two to the tip and, you know, when they run. So it's, it's highly competitive, right. And we don't run from that. We we, we don't, we, 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 we talk about it a ton and it, it's how we stay sharp every day. Coach Huffman, Asked me a couple of weeks ago. He said, "How do you get your guys to play so hard every down?" And I said, "It sounds corny, but what we talk about, what I talk about all the time, is is to maximize every single play and do it once in a row." And <laughs> that's kind of become the standard. So as this game unfolds last week, and um, you know, we kind of we we felt defensively like we had a really good game plan and we were anxious to see that you know I told you guys there's a couple wrinkles that we wanted to see and just to see how we figure if they could figure out what was going on and the kind of the cat and mouse makes it fun right that's the competitiveness from the coaching standpoint
5: mm-hmm.
4: and so you know our offense kind of shot itself in the foot early um, on the first drive or so and you know we punted and then you know they turned it over early i think you got a, I think you got a bad read uh, threw us the ball, we scored early and then it's like game on. And the whole game changed, I think in my opinion. Um you know, they they had the big play, they they got it down to the one, they turned the ball over. You know, and we go 99 yards and score. And mm-hmm. like I just we, we're just not like you just can't obviously you can't do that with us, but the thing the thing that makes it really really bad is this team is unbelievable when they smell blood in the water. Mm-hmm. You know, every, everybody can, everybody kind of pretended that, uh, you know, that Miller South game, right? I go back to that, and it's like, okay, um, the drive they scored on, you know, they had no business scoring, right? I yeah. mean, they, they caught three, three balls that weren't complete, right? They got points, and then they got the defensive turnover, and, you know, our guy got rocked, and, he, and you know, I don't think – our guys kind of manufactured this deal, like, oh man, they're happy our guy got hurt. I don't know if it's true or not, right? <laughs> but, 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 but it's, but it's, I could, I could feel it on the sidelines. Then we come out and we score however many unanswered and close right. that game out, right? So that's just what they do, and and, it, and it's a unique senior class. And so when we, when we went ninety, when we went ninety nine, they're like, oh man, game on. And then it got to be, you know. 28 or whatever, and then we're playing against perfection. Mm-hmm. It's like, okay, we're not, the scoreboard is no longer really the thing it, at halftime. All we talk about is how perfect can we be. Mm-hmm. And, and, and we talk about it on offense, we talk about it on defense, we talk about it on special teams. So as that game you know, started to get away, like our guys, like they just want more. And, and, and I, I think it sets up well you know, this week with with Millard West because it's such a well coached team, and I got a ton of respect. Coach Long's actually a good buddy, right? You know I mean we talk a fair amount, and, and and he's always got good offenses. And and Coach Peterson, even though sometimes I think he doesn't always like me, um, <laughs> I just and, and it's and I you know I, I, a lot of it is just his personality, but he's a great coach, and 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 I think I think a ton of him, and so now the new thing is is okay this staff gets held is held in pretty high regard um they're pretty multiple on offense right and so the new challenge is okay how good can we be against their staff and then we meet on saturday we meet on sunday it's okay how can we get what's in our head into what our players have to do and then by wednesday we kind of see where we're at right and it's just the I, I just like the fact that for a team that has has had a fair amount of success is always some challenge. and 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 this week, it's it's matching wits against a staff that we think is really, really good. Um, they have some really good players. Um, they do some things on offense and especially in their run game. Um, that could present some problems for us, and I know they're going to have some wrinkles, right? I just I saw a couple of their plays or their formations with Chicago. You know the play where Scott had the little reverse; they were in the truck formation, a little bunt set, and they kind of pitched him the reverse, and he comes around in for the Bears last night. Yeah, and oh, I remember. I, I fil- <laughs> oh yeah, I filmed it off the television. I sent it over to our staff. I said, "Hey, this could be in Millard West." repertoire, same formation, same three by bunch set. they're in truck a ton like call the formation. they're in truck a ton. Um, you see the puller like we this and trap. There's a couple things that we have to be ready for that we don't necessarily haven't seen on film, but we think could be the counter punch. So that's just how it works with this staff and what they bring to the table for Miller West. So I mean we, we're gonna we'll be on our game and it's at our place. So we're, we're pretty excited.
3: DB, I want to switch over to the Huskers now because I know you touched on this a little bit on, on Big Red Wrap-Up the other day, but I wanted to hear your thoughts again for those that may have missed it. Um, you know, this was originally pointed out to me by one of our listeners, but I thought you were spot on um, reacting to how Coach Rule spoke about Harburg, indicating he really is the only one that wants to be out there now I don't want to put words in your mouth if that's not exactly how it went down on the show but did it did that take you off guard at all hearing rules speak to that on Monday a game where many were complaining to see another body under center
4: yeah yeah I did and and, you know the week before that I I told some folks out in in Nebraska City that you know they had asked me about Sims and I said um, you know I think Sims, I I have to be around him a little bit more, but maybe he could be a guy that is okay with being okay. Like he's okay with his situation. And I'm not sure I was speculating, right? Because I felt like the way Nebraska was turning the ball over and kind of how they had been really inefficient on offense, if they had a viable option to compete emotionally, I felt like they would go to it because – they're, they're not it's just not the type of staff that's going to stand pat if they have some other options so I said okay if it's if it's not a talent thing maybe he just maybe there's nobody else in that quarterback room that wants the job but I didn't think much of it I kept mm-hmm. you know whatever the game unfolds and I heard him say again in the post game, hey I never gave any thought to um, you know quarterback change You know, uh, H2's our guy. He didn't say H2. I said H2. You know, whatever. (laughs) Uh, Everybody gets a nickname, right? Yeah, you're a nickname guy. But then when he said it at the presser, I was like, uh, am I hearing what I want to hear? Or is he trying to tell me a story? Not me. Is he trying to tell us a story about what it means to actually want the job and embrace the challenge of being a quarterback? And I kind of took it as the latter. You know, that Harburg is the guy that that is is maybe not chomping at the bit, but has the moxie and kind of the intangibles to to work himself through what this offense is going through. And maybe he's the only one with that kind of temperament. You know what I mean? Like being being ugly um, aesthetically and, and not um, having a ton of big plays and kind of – like that's not for everybody. And remember a couple of months ago I said, gosh, you know – I wonder if Sims has the, would have the or another quarterback. I wasn't using Jeff. I said if another quarterback would be content with saying, hey, we're going to play it this way. Don't take a ton of chances. Let's just do this. Are you cool with that? Like, that's not for everybody, mm-hmm. right? Like, you got to have a guy or a gal that's going to say, hey, coach, whatever it takes to win. It may take some of the shine off what my real talents are, but whatever, you know, however that works out. And so maybe uh, maybe Harburg is that guy. And that's kind of what I heard in the presser. And I think Nebraska is fully content for this year to just hang in there. How can we best outlast our opponents? It's like a heavyweight fight, right? The Big Ten West. And you got to train in such a way where time doesn't matter. If it needs to go four quarters, it's got to go four quarters. If it's got to go to overtime, it's going to overtime. We don't care how it looks. Let's just get this thing in the deep water and see if they can swim. Like they've kind of embraced that. You know, he wants bad weather. He doesn't really care if it's ugly. He talked about a thirty-one seventeen ugly win. Like you, you just, he's telling you he doesn't care what it looks like. He's trying to develop resolve. He didn't think going in when he inherited this program that emotionally it was where it needed to be to compete at a high level in heavyweight championship fights and so to take this thing into deep water is just as much mental as it is physical in terms of the way that they train and I think he's got a quarterback that embodies that doesn't care how it looks I'm gonna hang in there I know people talk crazy I know I've got my warts but I'm just going to keep keeping on, right? And and I think in some weird kind of warp sort of way, the team has kind of embraced it, and they definitely embody it. We'll just see if they can continue to hang in there because as we saw, Lady Luck finally ran out, you know, going negative in the turnover column and, and being able to win, right? East Lansing, The guys in East Lansing got them. So um, th- this one's going to be interesting, but I do think that, Short of Harburg getting hurt, I, I just I just think he's the guy. DB, he's the quarterback in Nebraska. Couple
1: of follow-up questions on that whole situation. From what you from what you said there, kind of got my wheels turning a little bit. Number one, mm-hmm. uh, with the Harburg mentality that you're talking about, is that something in your experience that's natural natural, or can it be learned? And number two, is there a tipping point where the excessive turnovers begin to outweigh the benefit of that mentality?
4: Absolutely. So the, the, the second question is easier, right? Like, mm-hmm. Yeah, there, there's definitely, a, there's definitely a, a breaking point where I don't care how much you want to try to will us to win. If we keep turning the ball over, it doesn't really matter. It's and like the
1: Tim the, Tebow thing, right? Like in the yeah, NFL at least, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah but, but, but,
4: but hear me out here. How crazy is this? For as poor as that offense played, mm-hmm. and it wasn't good, and it wasn't good for 80% of that game, just imagine if they do three things differently. If, if Tommy Hill has his eyes in the right place on the halfback pass, mm-hmm. a guy doesn't get inside on a, inexplicably on a slant to score an easy touchdown, mm-hmm. or, or, or you get a call reversal on a touchdown, or you get a pass interference call or you pump the ball better. You, you have a chance to win the game. Mm-hmm. So they aren't. So what he, so what coach Rulin, Miss staff is saying for all the warts we have at the quarterback spot, if we can get everybody else to just do their job, we'll be, we'll have a chance to win every game. That's what he's telling you. So for the one singular thing that we like to harp on, if the other guys just do what they're capable of doing, this team can still win football games. So the emotional, the emotional stimuli that Harburg and his mentality bring to the table isn't offset enough yet. Because for his again, as bad as that offense was, if he gets by with a little help from his friends, mm. let's just let's just say. Bushini is his normal self that game could be different right right so they they're not at that breaking point yet but yeah there's de- there definitely is one and you'll see it more against more talented high-end level competition but for this year I don't I don't think you're gonna see it in these remaining three games so I think that's why they're gonna ride this out now the the, the first part is it in you or is it learned it can be um perfected but you, you have to start with the seed right like you have to have i think the competitive seed you can grow it you can water it you can nurture it but i for the most part in my experience uh people are either competitive or they're not now they have varying degrees of perseverance Mm -hmm. that can definitely be developed but it start you i do believe you need the seed uh i I talk about it all the time where you'll be in conflict with someone or you're in a, a a discussion and sometimes it will boil down to like the whole nature versus nurture thing well how how many times are you in competitive environments? Have you ever been coached before? Whether it's on the job, whether it's in a real sport, how many times have you had people tell you something wasn't good enough? Uh, you've been reprimanded. You have to bounce back. I.e., Hey, listen, you know, you got to get in the gym. You got to shoot it more. You got to you got to be a little faster. You have to be a little stronger. Or hey, you got to show up to work. Like whatever it is, having somebody tell you that currently what you're doing isn't good enough, and you have the wherewithal. To hang in there, because you know that it, it's it's for your betterment, and you keep keeping on. M- the majority of people aren't built like that. So um, usually, it's people say something negative to you, or they tell you something isn't up to par, and it's like, oh man, you know what 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 do we do now? And so that I do believe it, it's that that you have to have at least a little bit of that in you to begin with. Now, can it be developed and, and, and crafted and owned? Absolutely. But you got to have a little to start.
3: DB, I want to take a moment and talk about the perfect example. OK, so like X person, um, it, like, you know, is the reason like this thing works out. And okay. so what I mean by that is like the Elliot Brown story fascinates me and how he's the just the perfect example of what Coach Rule is accomplishing at nebraska how much is that story an embodiment of the culture and the standard that rule has set forth in this
4: program it's it's exactly it's so that and you can't script that right you can't you you can't know that a guy's going to be hobbling around in a brace and be good enough natured and other centered um to want to invest in other people even though it's at his expense because you remember, I always say the real magic happens is when you can cheer for other people, mm-hmm. and it may be at your own expense. See that—that's what he's doing. So when Coach when Coach Rule and and this staff is talking about, hey, if 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 you're our nutritionist, you you want to be the best one in in the country. If if you're our quality control person that handles um, truck loading and weight distribution, hey, be the best at that. Like everybody if they maximize in their role we got a chance and and sometimes not everybody can be a leader sometimes you have to be a good follower so when all those components um, are operating at a high level you give yourself a chance culturally culturally to endure right so for a guy like Elliot Brown who's extremely smart and he was in the thick of things I was watching him early in the spring with punt returns and and he was always um, working with the top units at wide receiver and I was like golly and I said and I obviously I know the family really well and I would just mess with him right I said yeah you're staying power or something else I said just your perseverance and he would have some joke or because he he you know he he doesn't take himself that seriously so he he's he's really good natured in that regard and the funny thing about that is is I was I, I went out to the field early uh, in East Lansing. I wanted to see the grass and I loved the way that it smelled on the turf. And so I'm just down there kind of doing my own thing. And there's only about, you know, 35, 40 players out there. They're they're not in gear. It's, 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 it's pre it's warming up to the warmups. Right. And here he is kind of hobbling along the other side in Nebraska's bench. And he's just working with a couple of receivers schematically in the corner. And, it, you know, I messed with, he stopped and he's like, you know, hey, you know, DB, whatever, whatever. And I say, hey. I said, you gotta have some value when they bring the guys that that aren't really playing. I said, that must be rough. And, you know, he cracks the joke. I won't say what he said, but as he's leaving, you know, he's just like, Hey, you know, I'm going to work on my abs now because I always tell him he's more interested in how he looks than he is playing. It's just kind of <laughs> a running joke, joke we have. But he, he's a, he's a perfect testament to what we're talking about because See, having guys like that on the sidelines, it allows Coach McGuire to fluctuate and go upstairs in the booth,
1: Mm -hmm.
4: right? And having those eyes in the booth next to Coach Satterfield, when they see like 15 guys running wide open on every other pass play, like that helps that you can call down and say, hey, listen – you know, tell player, you know, in this case, Elliot, that this is what we're saying, convey this to the guys, and those guys are all in because you have another player coach on the field. Like, that's how it's supposed to work. Everybody do, Everybody do your one of 11. DB, I
1: mm. wish we had another like 30 minutes with because you got my you got my wheels turning all up in there. I, I'm, I'm, I'm I'm hugging the knowledge right We're just now. Uh, oh, we're gonna have to. I'm just I'm, I'm just talking. I mean, I'm, <laughs> you're probably about to get like 30 just text messages talking, in please. a row from me. So um, I got you, I got you. DB, we appreciate you as always. We'll talk to you again soon, okay? Uh, all right, man. You guys, do good work. Have a great rest of the show. Hey, thanks, DB. That's our guy DB on the Warhorse Sportsbook Hotline. We are gonna have our keys to the game coming up next on Hurt At Sports Radio. We can't compete with it. I know. We'll do our own thing, though.
4: (laughs) You're listening to Hurt At Sports Radio.
1: We're halfway through the show here on a football Friday on Hurt At Sports Radio, AM 590 ESPN Omaha, ESPN Tri-Cities, and we're brought to you by our friends at the teammates mentoring program one in three young people will grow up without a mentor and that is a problem that dr tom and nancy osborne sought to fix in 1991 when they founded the teammates mentoring program it is their mission to positively impact the world by inspiring students to reach their full potential through mentoring mentors and mentees meet in school during the day for about 30 minutes once a week to chat play games do whatever and It has been a big help, not only to the kids, the mentees, but many mentors say that they leave their mentoring time uh, in a better place than when they arrived. Go to teammates.org for more information and to become a mentor today. Uh, Wanted to get to our keys to the game. We got a lot of really good stuff from DB there, um, but there were some... More specific things. We talked a lot about kind of big picture stuff, and which I love doing. Um, But there were some some things specific to this Maryland game that I wanted to get to. Um, And and let's do it. And for me, the first is uh, it has to do with Talia Tugavailoa, right? You can't let him get comfortable. He needs to not be able to spend five, six, seven seconds trying to find a receiver because then you're putting your secondary in a position to fail. It's really hard for any secondary, regardless of how good they are to cover for that long. So the defensive line really needs to, whether it's the defensive line alone or whether they send plus pressure, which I think they're going to, because it doesn't sound like Prince will is going to be, be available based on rules comments yesterday. I he's kind of still going through the protocol process um, to me. Getting that pressure on Tagovailoa to make mm-hmm. sure he doesn't get comfortable is first and foremost the thing that has to happen. Because if you allow him to just sit back there and read the defense, oh, take his time—that's wrong. He will pick you mm-hmm. apart, and Nebraska can't afford that. Especially with—I mean, I think Malcolm's going to be back. Hartzog's going to be back uh, tomorrow, but their Deshaun Singleton has a setback. He's not going to be back, <sighs> and which that is was a tough bummer. Um, they are, I. I Don't know if anybody asked about Omar Brown, so we'll have to wait until the... Shane, that's your best
3: friend. Is Omar going to play anytime soon? I hope so.
1: So he was in the protocol as well, I think is what Rule said last time. So we'll have to see the injury report tomorrow to see if he's available. But you're dealing with with a little bit of a banged-up secondary, which makes... That pass rush, right. and pressure on Tonga Valoa, that much more. Important.
3: I think that's a unanimous key. Absolutely, uh, containing yeah. uh, Tonga Valoa. Focus on pass defense this week because we know Maryland can't rush the football. Look, we even talked to Steve Suter yesterday, uh, who covers Maryland. Well, is the analyst for the broadcast for Maryland, and he's like, "Hey guys, Maryland couldn't run the football last week. Our top rusher had how many yards? Oh yeah, negative one or something like that. Negative yeah. two, or it, it was, it was." It was mind-blowing hearing that, that the longest run was from a backup and it was four yards or a third stringer. Regardless, you know that Maryland's not going to run all over you. Plus, Nebraska has such a good run defense that that doesn't even have to be a focus because if Maryland can't run the football and your defense is already that good, you don't even have to worry about practicing uh, going through those motions because you know for a fact Mm -hmm. it's going to be Tua's brother, Talia, that controls this game if Maryland is going to have a chance to win. Mm-hmm. And so that's why containment is, is, is such a big key. He's a difference maker. Mm-hmm. He may be the only difference maker on this team. You take him out of the game, what does Maryland have left? That's the focus for Nebraska this mm-hmm. week. More on your point with uh, the secondary, because I think that's, that's a great uh, key for this key. Mm-hmm. Don't be Jalen Johnson of last night please, please, like, <laughs> act like you want to be there. Yeah. A- and Nebraska wants to be there. Yeah. Jalen Johnson does not want to be in Chicago, yeah. and he made that evident during the trade deadline. If you tackle, uh, what
6: do you mean
3: by that? if you avoid, not, not really avoid, if you limit chunk plays, mm-hmm. because this is a guy that can pick you apart. Yeah, you can. If you limit the chunk plays, there is no doubt in my mind that Nebraska – can win this game and I'm going to use this term Robbie comfortably. Ooh. If you limit chunk plays, you contain Tunga Viloa. He's going to get his yards. Yeah. He's going to get his scores. But if you limit the chunk plays and make it
1: harder yeah. to get down the field, you can win this game comfortably. For I mean, sure. this, this isn't a game where you're going to hold Tunga to 150 yards passing like that's not something that's going to happen. Well, you have to do like you said, which is a great point. You have to make his life just a little bit harder. Make him complete 3 or 4 passes to get the yardage instead of one big chunk. That makes it harder just stringing together successful plays is why those long, drawn-out drives are more rare and harder to execute on a consistent basis. That, to me, is uh, a really good point there. My next key to this game... Hit me! ...is don't overexpose Heinrich Harburg. Mm -hmm. I thought that was one of the biggest issues last week. You had 30-plus called pass plays, obviously only 28 actual passes because of the sacks, but over 30 called pass plays, and I really thought they'd put Harburg in a position to not be successful with that. That is obviously not a strong suit at this point in his career. I understand you have to take shots. I think you have to be very choosy on when you decide to push the ball down the field or to put Harburg in in situations where he has to throw the football. I, I agree with with uh, Michael Rose Ivey talked about this morning he said like 15 to 18 that's on the high end for me in terms of passing attempts I'd love it if they could win this game between that 12 and 15 pass attempt mark but as long as it's under 20 I feel a lot more comfortable you get up to that 25 30 mark and you get to a place where you're just you're letting the defense see too much of a weakness in your quarterback and having him drop back and throw that many times that to me is going to be really important is how they take their shots with harbert
3: i'm going to stay on defense here Mm -hmm. nebraska needs one turnover defensively last week i'm like hey win the turnover margin right we say that every week though Mm -hmm. hey try to get even in the turnover margin no let's just have one defensive turnover this week if the ball's on the ground you're the one jumping on it. it yeah you're the one going for the loose ball like you would in basketball. When the ball is out of somebody's hands and it's just kind of bouncing there, you're diving on the floor. It's the same thing here in football. You see that ball on the ground, you dive on it. Don't try to be a hero. Don't scoop it up. Try to take it for six. Get that one turnover. If you can at least get one turnover, even if Harburg throw th- throws three picks mm-hmm. or two picks and Emmett Johnson drops a ball or, or, or somebody else has a fumble for this team, I think you can still win this game if you're minus two in the turnover margin. Mm-hmm. But let's see this defense have that takeaway because you need that moment where you can just kind of like take the take the energy out of Maryland's mm-hmm. sideline. Yeah. And so that's why having at least one turnover defensively uh, could be key. Now, why I think this is possible Because Tony White and this defense Mm -hmm. came out, openly spoke this week Mm -hmm. about how they didn't play their best football, and I think that's going to light a
1: spark underneath them. Well, and we heard DB talk about it, right? There were opportunities for turnovers. They just didn't finish the plays they needed. And I think a special performance
3: is in the making right now. Um, Nine turnovers in the last four games. That's what Maryland has Mm -hmm. to, to their number right now. It's time for Nebraska to join that stat. All right key number three which is we kind of our, our off the ball t- key which i kind of like yeah. i don't know if you have like one like last week because mine was score the first touchdown which didn't work yeah <laughs> that didn't did that didn't end up working and yours was like something um something really unique that i'm like huh yeah I don't. that's rem- a weird key i have a i have a weird
1: key for my i've last got one i don't know if it's a weird one but it's it's something that i think sam talked about earlier in the week and it's kind of a difficult thing to measure. But Nebraska needs to break even in special teams, right? Last week, special teams was a huge negative for them. They didn't punt the ball very well. Obviously, the punt return situation was a disaster, giving up tons of yardage with the fair catch game plan and not putting Ethan Nation out there and putting an unhealthy Billy Kemp out there instead. Bushini really struggled and gave up a bunch of yardage on some, some really just short and ineffective punts i nebraska needs to at least break even in special teams if you're going to to struggle the way they have on offense you have to be plus in at least one other area and at the very least you have to break even at the other area i think they're going to be plus on defense i need them to break even at least on special teams in order to win this game
3: my last key play for somebody tomorrow is veterans day okay two weeks ago against purdue what was nebraska playing for They were playing for the moms. They were playing for those that have sacrificed for these players, the ones that um, go through some of the hardest times because it was Breast Cancer Awareness Month Mm -hmm. in October. This is the day that you play for somebody. He talks about sacrifice then. Think about the sacrifice that our military men and women put forth every single day to keep our freedoms alive and allow us and allow those guys to play football and not worry about anything else going on outside of these borders. You play for somebody. Dedicate your performance to somebody that's served. Take the values that these military men and women embody. Honor, courage, commitment, loyalty, duty, respect, service before self, self, excellence in all we do. Apply that to this game this week.
1: We've got our picks coming up next on Herodot Sports Radio. Wrapping up our number two here. On Heard At Sports Radio, I'm Ravi Lula. Andrew Rogers here with me as well. We are live on AM 590 ESPN Omaha and ESPN Tri-Cities. It is time for uh, an adjusted version of the War Horse Sportsbook Sports Cleanup. Yes, sir. We're going to clean up our picks for the weekend. And hopefully, hopefully you I, can go yeah, clean, clean out. up. out. Yeah, hopefully you can clean up at the War Horse Sportsbook uh, with these picks and uh, make a little bit of money over there either in Lincoln at the uh, casino or over at Horseman's Park, 6303 Q Street. More convenient for us Omaha people. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, it's like, like he says, right down the street from your house, it's it's perfect location for yeah, you. Yeah, that's actually not perfect for me. <laughs> I end it's up perfect there. for you. It may not be perfect for your bank account. Maybe that's <laughs> what it's not. perfect for my wallet. Uh, but we have, uh, we're have, we going to do our our football picks this weekend, three college, three NFL Uh, You want to start college or NFL? Let's start with the college uh, slate. Let's do it. All right. So my college slate, you know, and we talk about these a little bit, but, you know, we try not to give too much away, but we don't overlap too much. So you get a nice variety of picks from us here. Um, I like to stay because these are the games I like to watch. And for me personally... Oh, so you're going to start with Iowa? Mm, Iowa under? Hard pass. <laughs>
3: oh, you don't like to watch the <laughs> Iowa
1: unders? <laughs> I like to watch, like, the, the ranked-on-ranked matchups. I like to watch... Um, the the kind of exciting top twenty five games, and so that's usually if I'm going to put a bet on something, mm-hmm. I put a bet on something I want to watch. Which is funny because I'm like going through all the numbers yeah, to try to find tr- the right. You're trying to find I- the value, <laughs> and I'm dip. like, okay, what side do I like in these in these marquee games? So uh, you get a little bit different uh, variety here from the, the two of us. but uh, So these lines are from last night, so they may have adjusted a mm-hmm. little bit, at least for me. Same. My first pick this week, I went right to that Michigan-Penn State game. It's a good one. You know, obviously you've got that huge matchup in the Big Ten, top ten matchup. And you have um, the most recent update on possible suspension that yes. could even
3: impact Michigan this week. So this kind of, like, plays into this a little bit.
1: And as we mentioned, that line actually has dropped a half point since last night. I I do think, though, I think Michigan is dramatically better than Penn State. I think Penn State is a clear tier below Michigan and Ohio State. I got it at Michigan minus four and a half. It's now Michigan minus four. If a suspension comes out later today, I may change my tune on this. But if a suspension doesn't come out before this game, I feel very good about Michigan, either minus four or more, minus four and a half.
3: I am going to start with my pick from last week that completely, completely hit the green button. And it's the Wildcats of Arizona okay Arizona minus minus ten and a half. now I got them at nine and a half against Colorado Colorado's defense is horrendous that team is in bad shape we saw that they're fighting in practice this week and look every week I'm in shock the market doesn't respect the Wildcats I gave this stat last week I'm going to give it again Arizona is an FBS best eight and one Against the spread, ATS on the season. You love to see including it, including six and zero as an underdog with an absurd average covering margin of over 17 points per game. Now they're not an underdog here, but if they're eight and one ATS on the season, I will uh, go ahead and put that right in my bet slip. Remember, Arizona is a team that's probably playing the best, the best football you would want from a. Uh, a team at this at this point
1: in the season. And from that, like, level of team, right? Like, they're, they're a— Well, they they're were a, unranked, and now they're ranked, like, 23. Right. They're a very good team. They just upset UCLA. Yes, which was a great win for them. They've played—even in their three losses, they've played teams really competitively, really close. This is a team that I didn't think was going to be very good this, this year. Is, this I don't think a lot team, of people did. This is a team, Robbie, where you
3: see their coach— and I'm, I have to look up their coach. Jet Fish, I believe. Yeah. You would see him getting a big-time job after this— this season's performance, yeah. Like you, you take that leap because of a. Yeah, it is Jed Fish. You, if Fish were to have a poor season with this team, it would be expected. But mm-hmm. since he's having a really good season and he's been competitive in the games, even when that Arizona has lost, mm-hmm. this is this is a moment where Fish gets that next big time job if he wants to take a leap somewhere.
1: Plus, we really need Arizona's help to keep Colorado from getting bowl eligible. That's <laughs> my main concern here. Just keep Colorado out of a bowl. They got. Real big for their britches at the start of the season. I just need them to continue eating some humble pie for the rest of the year. So I'm all on board the Arizona train as well. Uh, My second college pick, I'm going to go for a very, you know, we talked with B. Edwards about these strange Big 12 matchups now (laughs) with, you know, Houston and Cincy. And now here's another one, Oklahoma State and UCF conference game. (laughs) Oklahoma State and UCF. Okay. I've got Oklahoma State minus two and a half. I was really Oof. impressed with their win over Oklahoma. I thought the um, – I, th- I, I don't think UCF's played particularly well in conference. They're 1-5 in five in conference this year. All of that the newcomers are. in the Big 12 have really struggled. That's a pretty small number. I get that it's a home game for UCF, but I like Oklahoma State here. I do think they're significantly better than UCF. I hate doing this, but Ravi, I'm going to fade you. Let's do it. I'm a UCF plus two
3: and a half fan. All this right. Week. So this is, this is probably turned into an avoidable game for our listeners. The reason I like UCF, even though the Knights have been struggling as of late, remember they gave Oklahoma a run for their money mm-hmm. just a couple of weeks ago. I think, yes, the Cowboys are playing their best football, but UCF is a splash team that's just waiting for the opportunity to pull off an upset. And I think it's this week when Okie State is on a high. UCF, third 31-21 as a home underdog since 2005 or as a single-digit favorite. Plus, I really like John Reese Plumley. I don't know why. I think I just <laughs> like the way he plays.
1: I'll take UCF. Yeah, that's fair. They are, um, they are at home, just a, a two-and-a-half-point dog at home. Uh, my, last, my last college game, one of the biggest ones of the weekend, I've got that Georgia and Ole Miss game. Oh, okay. okay, So we've got another Mm -hmm, top mm -hmm. 10 matchup. Number two, Georgia. Number nine, Ole Miss. I think. I thought you were going to say Temple South Florida. No, not a big Temple South Florida guy this week. Uh, (laughs) I think (laughs) Ole Miss wins outright. I like them with the plus. Come on, Lane Giffin. It was plus 10 and a half last night. It's up to What's plus the money line 11 that? now. I haven't looked at the I'll money line. I'll look at line. the money line while you keep explaining. Yeah, that. so for me, Ole Miss has come really close in the last couple of years to breaking through with Lane Kiffin. Right. I think this Georgia team is... Prime for the picking. I don't think they're terribly impressive. Now, they've been good, obviously, so far this year, but they've played with fire a little bit. They've had some opportunities where they easily could have lost games, and Ole Miss is probably, I don't even know if it's probably, Ole Miss is the best team they've faced so far by a pretty wide margin. I do think Ole Miss is significantly better than Missouri. Um, But they've had, I mean, Georgia's had struggle against Auburn, who is only okay. They have struggled in South Carolina, who's not very good. Um, They played it really close with Missouri. I think this is where they finally catch their loss against an Ole Miss team that we kind of forgot about after that Alabama game. I think they catch the Bulldogs here.
3: Crazy value at plus 300 if you want Ole Miss on the money
1: line. I, I mean, I kind of, I like them to win outright. I think they are. So I probably am taking the points to give myself a little bit of leeway there. But, You know, maybe a little bit of a smaller play, half a unit on the money line there. I don't know. So uh, my
3: last play on the college slate, uh, it's Veterans Day. Yeah. I'm taking Air Force minus 19 against Hawaii. I've been waiting for this line to go down a little bit because it seemed to be trending up. It was 19 and a half last night. I'll take it at minus 19 today. And strictly, I'm going off numbers here. Even though Air Force lost a bad one to Army. Trying to get a bounce back week. Air Force is 8-0 straight up, 6-2 ATS over its previous eight outings in conference play. On the other side, Hawaii, 1-4 straight up and 1-4 ATS in its last five games in conference play. Um, They're 1-6 in its previous seven. The Rainbow Warriors are 0-4-1 ATS in their five showings at home this season. Give me Air Force on Veterans Day, they're going to get a big win.
1: All right, let's switch over to the NFL. we got a couple minutes let's left Let's call them here. quick picks, huh? The NFL quick picks? Let's do the NFL quick picks. So, listen, we had a couple that overlapped, and so I'm changing one of them because there, there was one that I was really tempted on. I'm going to pull the trigger here. I want the Giants plus 17. Stop it. That's too big of a number. Stop it. Tommy I don't, DeVito is not I do not him, man. I, no, that's fine. I don't think the Cowboys are him either, any of them. Dude, the Cowboys could win the NFC East. That, that's fine. You can have them. It's I, I am not buying. win this game by 28. Listen, they're going to win this game. I don't think it's by 17 points. When you have a huge number like this in the NFL, it doesn't hit more often than not. I'm taking the giants plus 17. Yeah, They're not going to score a point.
3: <laughs> this game, I, this game could be 21,
1: nothing. Listen, big Saquon Barkley game. Let's go, baby.
3: <laughs> Bengals minus six and a half against Houston. I know Houston just came off a big win, but Joe Burrow and that team, uh, they're playing lights out. They're
1: playing the best that they've, been playing all season long give me the Bengals by seven points that's my second one as well uh or one of that I'm yeah, go ahead yeah that's one of them as well uh we can the ride 49ers it. I've got it's one of mine as a bounce back uh I've got them minus three against the Jaguars I think the combination of Bosa and Chase Young mm-hmm. is gonna be ferocious I think after the bye week, Brock Purdy bounces back, returns to form a little bit. And Debo Samuel will be back this week. He's been a full participant in practice. I like the 49ers to bounce back.
3: We talked about this uh, a week ago, too, during their bye, that they won the bye week, mm-hmm. even though, like, you know, you kind of joke about that yeah. sometimes. No, like, they oh, really you got to win. They, they won the bye week. Yeah. I, I like the 49ers to bounce back, too, at minus three. My last one, more of a dog. But again, they have arguably the best defense in the NFL. It's the Cleveland Browns, mm. plus six and a half against the Baltimore Ravens. The Ravens are on a high right now. People are slotting them up as early Super Bowl winners because of their value. I think this is the week that the Browns get to them. The Browns always play good against the Ravens, mm-hmm. and if I can get close to a touchdown against Baltimore, I'll take
1: it even on the road. I'm going to give you one bonus one because we overlap. I like the Lions minus three against the Chargers. Chargers have, week winner. Chargers have no home field advantage whatsoever, and I think the Lions are significantly better than the Chargers. I'm taking the uh, the Lions minus three. Coming up next, Mike Sotter.
0: Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. listening to Hurt at Sports Radio. Oh yeah, no doubt, no
4: doubt. Mike Sauter.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah.
4: Mike Sauter. Oh man, you're gonna put me on the spot. My- Mike Sodder.
1: Kicking off hour number three here on Hurt at Sports Radio. We're on AM 590 ESPN Omaha, ESPN Tri-Cities and hour number three is on KFOR in Lincoln. This segment with Mike Sodder is brought to you by our friends at Dingman's Collision. Center, you know, our guy, Sauter, might Even have if
3: you hit a skunk, I was man. Like, Sauter might have wow. to go check
1: out Dingman's a little bit. He ran over a skunk. We got to be, know. you know, I'm sure they can help you out with there. I don't know if there's any damage, but no mayb- damage. maybe they I can don't help you I don't think they do a lot of car washes.
0: I mean, listen, <laughs> I'm sure they'll clean that thing up for you if you really ask them to. I don't know. We'll see. Man, uh, it, was, it was the skunk store, so it was like. I mean, I don't even know what time—eleven, fifteen—and I'm just in the afternoon. Along. No, yesterday, last night. <laughs> oh, okay. I was coming back. Well, from I was Lincoln. gonna
3: say because at six o'clock, it feels like eleven.
0: 15. Yeah, I was. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I was coming back from Lincoln, at Nebraska men's basketball, and I'm just driving on 204 Street or whatever from Gretna, I thought going you were north. Two hundred and four miles an hour. And, yeah, no. <laughs> and um, and I just I, I tried like, to swerve out of the way, and it was right there in the middle of the lane. It was way too late. <laughs> And I just, boom, boom, like double right double bump on Ooh, it, too. So you double tap. On the right side, you know, the passenger side. And I was like, oh, man, is there a car wash open right now? Because I've never done, that. I had this happen to me before. But I know that when you do, it is bad. And uh, so i had to leave my car out of the garage. And it's like getting stuff. out
3: of a pool without a towel. you got to <laughs> air out.
0: Yeah. Leave the car out of it the was, garage. It
1: was
5: <laughs> Make terrible. Make
1: sure you go check out our friends at Dingmans.com. They have... Uh, four great Omaha area locations. In business, 25 plus years in Omaha, 18 years straight. Best of Omaha, and they have a great give back program as well. Go to Dingman's.com.
0: I'm All just, right. I'm just showing my for those on the stream the this brand new hoodie. Did I you steal got that today. from Batman? No, my my main man Bob Sala had it on at a presser the other day, and the shirt says Gotham City Football Club, and it's a skyline. And it's got the Jets on there. Robbie, if you had to jets.
3: If you had to de- describe Mike Sautter, mm-hmm. <laughs> would you describe him more as Batman or the Joker? Oh,
1: um... He's got a little Riddler Watch vibe yourself now. <laughs> I think there's some Riddler vibes there. There's kind of like a mad scientist deal, I okay. think. Okay. Yeah. okay, you know, I think that's it's fair. fair. Yeah, that's I mean, fine. there's a little bit of Riddler there. Like, well, He hasn't, like... Broken to the point where he's a, cr- a criminal mastermind now, but no. he's like pre nah, criminal really? life no. Riddler, I think. Okay. okay. I think Joker was always uh, not quite on the straight and narrow. I think riddler the but joker always had a plan like a really well thought out
3: plan and that's kind of solder but Thank solder
0: dear baby jesus
3: solder also does some crazy things
0: he does so, so we'll see i like, like to have some fun sometimes yeah that's like I to, don't know like to have a good time It may not involve face paint but definitely <laughs> I like to have some fun <laughs> definitely not um, never dressed up for halloween in my life really even as a kid nah what did you wear like just a jersey nothing
3: you just walked out with yeah, with no. your pillowcase
0: no yeah we weren't doing that you didn't even trick-or-treat No. We did. I wasn't allowed to, actually. Oh, So we just did on on Uh, our own. On the DL? Yeah. Uh All right. Yeah. I also didn't live in places that, you know, were susceptible for trick-or-treating and or good trick-or-treating. So we had to walk a little ways from where I live to go to the good neighborhood. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm.
3: You yeah. Always got to find the right neighborhood. It's true. Yeah. If you find mm-hmm. the right neighborhood, you're there every oh, year. I so you got
1: to go to Andrew's house because apparently he's I,
3: out I, king I gave sizes. out the big king size I'm sorry, candy sorry, What? Boxes.
0: Yeah, king size. Wow. Should have brought your girls. I w- if I would have known, well, we. I still actually
3: known? have to. You know what? I'll, I'll give them a late Halloween treat because I have to get rid of more candy because <laughs> I opened up a new box and I had one more person come and I'm like, I can't eat 23 bags of Sour Patch Kids. Like, so no. You
0: gave him a hundred. I think you could do it. I think you can What's that? You, so you just gave him the rest? No, I should have, though. Can you
3: imagine if just I just like dumped that the thing whole out? thing in there? Well, then I could have posted my ring camera on Facebook, and boom, people <laughs> would have been like, I need it. This guy's yeah. so
1: great. <laughs> I don't need
3: that uh,
0: type of publicity. I don't need any.
3: You don't need but that. But I'll, I'll give Sauter, uh, <laughs> I'll give you some Sour Patch Watermelon. Your kids like sour candy. I don't candy? like,
0: no. Mm, no. No? No? Mm. How do you know? I mean, maybe they do. I don't. So.
3: Well, I, that's why I'm not giving it to you. But I'm taking their candy. I don't know if you knew this. Like, <laughs> But You can take it and give it to adults, them. You have to eat it. Don't pick few, first. <laughs> it's one of the
1: few benefits of being a parent is picking out the Halloween candy.
0: Tough hang for real some days.
3: All right, so picking out Halloween candy like you're picking out games this week, huh? Mm-hmm. Or actually you're probably well, just going to the only games allowed on the schedule.
1: Let's well, yeah. b- before we hop into high school, I do want to I know you were at Nebraska basketball. Oh yeah, last that's night. cool. Both yeah. let every game. Let's uh, let's hop into that, which you know, the the offensive performance could have been described as a little sour last night as well <laughs> against Florida A and M. They put up eighty one points, which on the surface looks okay. They only shot about forty one percent from the field, didn't shoot it particularly well from three or the free throw line, um, just kind of your thoughts and take. And obviously, they're missing, you know, Tominaga, their best offensive player, so that has to be taken into account as yeah. well. But just kind of, uh, just your thoughts on how that game went and and what you experienced. Well, yeah, Rink,
0: I mean, Rink Mass was great. Yeah, and I right. think he's incredible. He was great. Um, I mean, twenty and sixteen is twenty and sixteen. The first ballers. time is the first time that a Nebraska men's basketball player. Uh, did that had a 20 and 15 game since alex, alex march oh, february 13th 2008 i know he doesn't want to get rid and of the they mask. actually lost that game that sounds about right so i know he doesn't want to get rid of the mask <laughs> but
3: how incredibly important would it be to keep the mask on that's this what i like
0: this? i in the in the the post you know but you do great work post game thoughts writing i said that i said w- why not keep the mask on after the season he's had to start I mean he's been tremendous but and I did ask him after he was available like a little after Rip Hamilton
1: game. situation just keep, yeah, on. just
0: keep it yeah just uh, keep it he was one of the players available after the game I did ask him and he's strictly He was very quick no <laughs> so um Rink's a good guy and they're gonna need him man like they're yeah. gonna need him a lot it be interesting to see when Casey comes back sounds like it'll be Monday um it, how that fits like, okay, who's the one that it, who's the one of the starting five, of the last two games that, that ends up coming Out. off the bench. Yeah, Likely CJ Wilcher, I'm guessing mm-hmm. um, him or, or Bryce Williams or Bryce played well too. So uh, at, that one will be interesting. They have a lot of guys that are pretty, not a lot of separation, mm-hmm. if you will, in their first, you know, 10. So, you can't play 12 guys. So what is it going to look like? At some point, it's going to get pared down. And Eli Rice is a freshman. He's shot the ball really well the last two games. So where does he fit? Also, it will be interested to see what they do defensively. I do think there's limitations there, um, meaning there isn't a lot of quick twitch guys. Mm-hmm. And when you get to Big Ten play, mm-hmm. you're going to run into some mm-hmm. of that. Right, and can they score enough and, to uh, make up for the defensive def- deficiencies? Yeah. yeah, I mean they're big guys and strong, and I'm not saying that. What right. I'm saying is there isn't a ton of you know natural length guys with super arm, long arms, yeah. and wingspans, and quick twitchy. Right, yeah. like there isn't just a lot of that.
3: Hands always up though. at yeah. Hoiberg's defenses. So, yeah,
0: well I will say verticality was. Awesome. Yeah. Uh, Not as good last night, but Florida A&M didn't really challenge the rim that much. Um, But in the first game against Lindenwood, Josiah Alec and them, they were great. Um,
3: Do you wonder, though, if that was because it's their first game? Like, you know how you come up with, like, a a different edge? edge? Yeah. Mm, I I almost wonder if it was like, hey, I'm so excited to
0: play here. Yeah, they are so so, You know, I mean, they know, like – like, it's hard. You know, Florida A&M, they just saw lose by 54 or whatever it was. It's easy to come in. 51. 51, It's whatever. easy 50. to come
3: in a little later. Yeah, it
0: felt like that a little bit. Um, I mean, I listen, I said it after the game. Like, not the offense wasn't great. Like, mm-hmm. they were 10 of 28 from three. That's not great. Um, and Jamarcus Lawrence and C.J. Wilcher shot one of seven combined from three. That's not going to do it. Yeah. So, and even coach Heuberg last night, we have to, we quote, we really have to buy into the simple play. If we make the simple play, we'll be fine. They tried to make a little, do a little too much. And the score really affected that. So, so I, I'm not, you know, it's, just do this. Don't pull a Nebraska like they always do and have a really close game or a loss against a team. You should absolutely be in the games. non-conference. Yeah, yeah the buy don't games, lose right. a bye game. They lose them all the time. Don't do that. If generally, they don't at least th- once a year, they right, lose a bye game. right. Yeah. If they don't do that, they'll be fine. So just don't. Don't be that, and then you get Oregon State on the road or neutral site, which is basically going to be like a home game because it's It's so it's in Sioux Falls. And Oregon State's not great, so you you win that one, and then hey, Kansas State lost a game already. Uh, Didn't look good. Yeah, not the same Kansas State team. So you play them on the road though, which is tough down there. It's a really tough place to play. Mm -hmm. So if they're juiced up, it might not be. So it that one's a little tough, and then Creighton. And Creighton is phenomenal. Like, offensively, Creighton's phenomenal. So, uh, but that Creighton game is in Lincoln. Yeah. So maybe that's a little bit different, and it's always been close and, you know, all of that. So I think, you know, there are nine wins for sure in the non-conference. Yeah. Like, those are, like, those, that's a must. If nine winnable games for sure. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Like, I, I think that's. Yeah, well, on, the and low, that's how on the low end. end. Well, yeah,
3: I mean, you got And that's to, how they get to their number of dancing. Right. In order to dance, you have to win these yeah, games. Nine is this. the
1: minimum to get to. to
3: yeah, they, to yeah
0: and then yeah. yeah. if you're nine and three in the non-con, I'm, or if you're I'm 10, pretty, I think it's happy. more like it's going to be at if least ten, 10 and to two. If you get to 10
1: and then you go 500 in conference, you're right in that conversation. Yeah,
0: you're at 19 wins. And that's right where you need to be. Yeah.
1: So is probably the lowest you can be. Right. And then above from that, everything is just a mm-hmm. bonus. And um, like
0: we talked about on Monday, their RPI will jump. Yes. Like when they get in the conference. Absolutely. So.
1: Um, let's switch gears here to high school. Uh, obviously, you've got the state semifinals tonight. Yeah. Which of the Class A matchups do you find more intriguing Elkhorn South, Millard South, or Westside, Millard West. I, they're uh, just so close, like Elkhorn to me, south Miller elcorn
0: intrigue. Elkhorn, Elkhorn South, Millard South, and
1: here's the first what. game they played this year was super weird.
0: Yeah, it was really weird. So Carson Rauner, that's the la- that's the game he, he got hurt. Got hurt, mm-hmm, yeah. And it, that's a pretty traumatic. It was a pretty. But traumatic Elkhorn South injury. has picked it up running. Yeah, running the ball. Um, so as a high school kid, if you're starting senior starting quarterback, the guy you're you know like all Ryan in was, on, yeah. yeah goes down and it's that traumatic like it was a yeah it was a big big play. deal yeah um and they had two and it was defensive touch yeah in the first early half. and like so if if that guy goes down and it's early in the game mm-hmm. <sighs> it's hard it I, get away. emotionally for a high school yeah. kid yeah. yeah and they're already getting because of turnovers and stuff like that so i i don't know um can uh brady bosque um <sighs> run <laughs> run the ball effectively enough to get it done i i don't i don't know because that miller south defensive line is really good um but up front miller south or elkhorn south defensively is also good um but i just don't know the their defense elkhorn south defense is going to have to keep them in the game i don't know if they can they're able to do that. um but you know, will it be a little closer than the last time? Is is there a possibility for it to be closer than the last time they played? Yes, I think so. Um I'm not saying anyone – I'm not picking a winner, so after the game don't come up to me and <laughs> say whatever. I'm not saying that. I'm just trying to break down the game. Based on so, the game they yeah, already played. Yeah, based yes. on the game they already played. So that one. And then, man, uh, Millard West is going to have to – Really run the ball pretty effectively, and then get a shot over the top with Jackson Williams, or find a way to get him the ball, mm. and, and he's going to have to find a way to make some big plays. Bobby Joseph's done really well for West for uh, Millard West as a as a runner and, and running back, and Brody Peterson can run and use his legs. It it's. It's it's a tough task for Millard West, but they've played really well. Yeah. They're they're a really solid team. Mm-hmm. They can be pretty disciplined too. Um I just you know, gosh, it's a buzzsaw bad. Like a big one. Yeah. So seniors last game at Phelpsfield at West Side, it's gonna be lit, like it's gonna be juiced up. Yeah. There isn't the volleyball game. That's happening. And last Friday was they we're playing a state volleyball match. Mm-hmm. So everyone, you know, all the fans and student sections, everything's going to be there, um, and and it'll be yeah. Seniors have the, this group of seniors has lost one game.
1: It was uh, state title against. Seniors Greta? have Is lost
0: that? two games,
1: two games. State in title their against Gretna, and then North Platte last mm-hmm. year.
0: Is that it? Two games in their high school career. That's not very game. many it's pretty good that's not very many yeah
1: um yeah i mean that's pretty good
0: yeah so caleb benny's lost one game
3: yeah. oh t- don't <laughs> worry db and i were texting a yeah. little bit and he's like yeah he's only lost one <laughs> plus he uh let's see here he had sent um that the senior group has wait last game for the seniors it's, it's,
0: yeah they lost one game two games yeah. yeah, two games. Yeah, yeah. in terms of because yeah. I don't know about you, but I count the Gretna game. Yeah, I do. So. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I know the it, it was played. State doesn't, but <laughs> it was played. Gretna won the state championship. They won the game. Right. Like I was there. I saw there. it. I saw, yeah, yeah, I was there.
5: <laughs> <laughs> it happened. I saw like, it happen. I was there. Um, We're just double checking, Mike. Yeah, yeah, I'm just saying.
1: No, it's uh, and that that group of that particular group of seniors with Westside does have an edge to him or something like this, like playing their last game at Phelps yeah, is going a, to matter, matter to them. Whereas I, not all groups have that same mentality.
0: Yeah. I, I just, I, I go back to this. Like, I don't know. There, the people that aren't West side, you know, fans or people or mm-hmm. whatever. They're like, all, you, all people do is talk about West side and da da da, da, da. I'm like, listen, they deserve to be talked about. Yeah, it's easy to talk. about. Probably, team. probably more. Yeah. Than what they're getting. Because I will tell you, for me, I'm very conscious of it mm-hmm. because the heat that people give me is all you talk about, whatever. So I'm very conscious. I'm like, okay, yeah, I need to talk about other things. Screw that. Like they're good. We're they're watching. they're really good. And there is conversation. I said this. At the very beginning of Mm -hmm. the year after I went to their second practice on a Tuesday morning at 6 a.m., I walked out of there and said they could go down as one of the best teams in the state has ever seen. And they've performed exactly in that manner the entire season. That's the
1: impressive part, right? Hasn't been
0: close. There hasn't been a hiccup. There hasn't been this moment where you're like, oh, maybe not. Now, coming into the season, their schedule you thought might be a little harder. It hasn't been. Yeah. uh, Like, you know. The, you know, the North Platte team fell off, and some of those teams weren't as good. Yeah, but good. if you win but, with, the, with the margin yes. that they
3: went at, yeah. you, you can't knock the schedule at that point. No. If you, if you win so, with, with, with such
0: great gap. Well, and part of the thing that we end up doing I mean, they here, uh, Let me tell you something. They smacked Bellevue West on mm-hmm. Friday. It wasn't close. And it was worse than the first time. It wasn't close and, it and was actually was moving the football close. down
3: the field um uh, at points yeah pretty well early, yeah yeah and the
0: the, they, the, and the ridiculous they west side won 49 to nothing and had the ball for just under nine minutes in the game that's insane <laughs> that's insane <laughs> time of possession was like the most four times irrelevant three times ever in that yeah, game it was crazy <laughs> the that's like a crazy stat. Yeah, there's just no, in high school that doesn't. It's happen.
1: one of those things where you have to acknowledge, hey, regardless of how this plays out, we're watching one of the better teams in state history right now, and they deserve to be talked about.
0: It'll be, yeah, yeah, for sure, and, and it'll be. It's so hard to quantify. Did that people say this in 2019 against with Bell West? Like, yeah. you
3: talk about them too much. Uh, mm-hmm. Probably, yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. and, and that's just yeah. what happens. When like, so teams win. are that good, right. that's just what you do. It comes with yeah. the territory. Yeah. Yeah. If right. there's a team in the NFL right now that is undefeated, like when remember when the Patriots went undefeated all the way to the Super Bowl? Yeah, we do to talk about Right, that. but just think about it. Like, they got talked about yeah, because all, they were undefeated in a really good happens. team. Yeah. It's what, what, what you happens. do.
0: Yeah. Um, I do think, okay, I am backing off of that a little bit. Like, Miller South's a good team. They are. Millard South is going to be the favorite the next two years
1: oh yeah i don't they're think much it's much younger they're there i mean like, i ton of they, sophomores on that team they're very 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 young and
0: talented I think they are clearly the favorite in class a the next, the two, next years. two years um don't talk about it too much now <laughs> and if they and if they can get to the final this year great experience for them and if somehow they can win it even better right, right sure like yeah. so um I, I do like – I mean, I like – Nolan Feller coming back from North South is huge. It's big for deal. Yeah. Huge. And I – no, I'm just gonna keep riding my that feller kid's pretty good uh, <laughs> saying that I do. I
3: got up. a class B question for you, and it's yeah, kind of yeah. is, it's the it's,
0: B games are very well, intrigued. and I yes. want to spin
3: it off of what going to be a total of
0: about 28 points mm-hmm. in both of them <laughs>
3: because I think <laughs> I think the reason you like went with more Rutgers. intrigue, <laughs> yeah. you went with more intrigue in the two three game in in A was because Westside is just so dominant. Right. It's kind of like that in B though with Bennington, even though they had a close one with Norris, a really close call. Uh, they're still like a super dominant team, and I'm I'm assuming you lean scott catholic waverly with the most intrigue yeah game. for sure
0: well yeah i i think i, I think scott waverly is going to be a bad war well i mean think about like, like that
3: state final it's, it's going to be, be a scott. defensive to, war like
0: one. i don't yeah i don't think there's gonna be a lot of point i mean maybe there is i don't know um a lot of really good athletes up front's going to be clearly be the key because both teams have a bunch of, like, really good athletes on the outside. And running, running games are really good. Waverly's defense has been phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of under the radar all first year. First kind of real big test for Waverly, yeah. though. This so, game, we'll see. Yeah. And, and that field, that'll be um, – yeah, is that'll be that'll there be
1: a chance – and I, maybe I'm setting the number oh, – you tell me. Is there a chance that the two games combined in Class B – total come yeah. in under 60 points right? yeah for sure under 50 points I was gonna go like forty eight. <laughs> <laughs> so
3: what do you think the final score is in both games like
0: okay the first time like in the neighborhood yeah 10, I'm not so saying seven. to pick a team but <laughs> the like first Bennington. time yeah Bennington so Bennington Elkhorn North played the first time is 14 nothing okay And that was the night. It was what three, four weeks ago. That was the night that it was super windy, and the wind out of north, west side, freezing freezing cold. Yeah, Yeah, freezing cold, super windy night. I was there for that Mm -hmm. game, and it was fourteen. No one could throw the ball at all. Um, And both teams, for some reason, kept trying to run to the outside. I was like, man, uh, tonight maybe just try and go north and south, (laughs) and just keep going north and (laughs) south. Um, They were a lot of east west. I even remember commenting to someone like, why are they just Just run it straight. Um, So that changes, right? The weather, it'll be cold, but the wind won't be as big. Mm -hmm. That was just huge. You couldn't even throw that night. Um, That's a big one. Even though Bennington did pop a huge one, like their first drive, just it was was like a, I don't want to call it fake, but a quarterback look. I was running, then step back and hit it, Mm -hmm. right? So uh, that one's big. So we'll see if Elkhorn North can – Muster up some sort of offense against a phenomenal. It it is amazing. Incredible. Yeah, yeah. their their defense is amazing. Said this last week you have to score 21 to beat them. Norris got to 20. Norris got to 20, (laughs) and it was 23 20, right? Whoa. If you can, you got to get to 20. You got to get to 21. To give yourself a shot. Yeah, to give yourself a shot. Uh, And that defense. Not giving up twenty one not giving out. up a lot. <laughs> so <laughs> I don't, um yeah. Gunnar limb is good. He's going to North Dakota. I they have um they're they're a really good team. I mean, they really are. So and they're super well coached. Coach Leonard does a tremendous job. Um and frankly, Chase Lofton didn't have a catch last game in that game. So I mean, he's gotta show up um tonight. So that's um that's something. I just We'll see. I, I think both games, you mm-hmm. know, typical class B, just run it and pound it down your throat kind of stuff, maybe. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe it'll be a little more opened up tonight Cause after the watching okay. film because the weather's okay. Yeah. Um, but Sandman for um, for Bennington can run around, use his legs a lot. Um, he likes to use it. He's can take some risky throws, though. So if you can get one of them if you're Elkhorn North, I just don't know. You, you got, they got to try and score 21. I, I don't know if they can.
1: All right, that is Class B. Uh, coming up next, we'll make sure we didn't miss anything in high school football. We will uh, do some Veterans Day uh, remembrance as well. And then at 945, we will get to Matt Verzal to wrap up the show. All that and more coming up on Herd Sports Radio and 590 ESPN Omaha, ESPN Tri-Cities, and KFOR in Lincoln. Here we go, 9.30 on a Friday as we get you ready for the weekend and for all the football and basketball there is to offer here locally and nationally. You're listening to at Sports Radio. I'm Ravi Lula, Andrew Rogers here. Uh, That great open was by Shane Schillberg, and we've got our guy Mike Sauter joining us for the rest of the hour. Uh, Before we get into the Veterans Day stuff, I want to make sure we don't miss anything with the high school football playoffs. Um, We talked a lot of Class A and Class B. Uh, In Class C and then in the eight-man, is there there anything you're really looking for in terms of the matchups, anything that you've got particularly piques your interest?
0: Yeah, well, in C1 you have – a rematch of Ashland Greenwood, Boone Central. Mm-hmm. Boone won uh obviously because 'cause they're undefeated. Um Parker Boer or Boer is uh, been phenomenal for them. And that's uh, Ashland's for, only loss no, of the year. Yeah, for, for Boone. Boone's good. The game's up there. Uh in I say up there. In Albion. It's up and over I guess a little bit from Ashland. Um Ashland's pretty good too, Drake Zimmerman. You have probably the two best yeah I feel pretty good about saying it not probably uh the two (laughs) two best running backs in c1 in that game were drake zimmerman from ashland boer from uh boone and i was gonna say albion which isn't right um so yeah up there a little different ashland's pretty good team uh just a matter of i think the boone central can throw a lot like the kitchen sink at you a little bit offensively so um yeah that one i think could be pretty decently close and then sydney comes to wahoo this afternoon 330 and sydney's on a roll man Mm -hmm. like their one loss was to Ogallala. that's a rivalry game um you know beating pierce out there 41 34 it'll be wahoo didn't score a bunch against broken bow um i'll be at that game in wahoo at 330 so um warrior fans with the blue track and, um,
3: <laughs> you're going out there and you're just going to get to the track and go, wahoo! No,
0: no, that's, no, that's that that not be, you. That would be super weird. <laughs> um, <laughs> you're
3: not, you're not a, uh, a fan of the Mario Brothers at all. I, I saying, don't even did, know what you're talking about. about.
0: It's not a little Mario. I emoji. have no idea what you're that's saying. That's all right. Just keep on. Rolling. Anyway, yeah, so yeah, C two and then and then you go back down to C two. Norfolk Catholic's been the favorite all year. All Church, year, like yeah, and obviously it's they've won landslide, kind of like West Side and A. Yeah, they've won a ton. And Fillmore Central, though, man undefeated heck of a run, heck of a year for them um, obviously Norfolk Catholics the, the clear favorite to win that and Ord Utan Ord's two losses are to Norfolk Catholic and Battle Creek when Battle Creek was fully healthy at the beginning of the year and was number two ranked team the entire season so Ord is obviously traditionally very good mm-hmm. um, they're really well coached. Uh, that one, you know, if you had a Norfolk Catholic Ord final, it wouldn't surprise you, but. What about UTAN then? utan is, so. Came in as a 10 seed? Listen to me. I'm listening. Uh, what? I was, I needed to come up with something catchy, and I forgot, I missed the moment right there. <laughs> um, Wackard there. <laughs> Wackard there running back. They will hand that ball to that man 45 times if they have to, to win the game. Uh, he's walking on Nebraska and he is just they will just pound you and that's what they did oakland craig they just pounded them Mm -hmm. um so yeah utan um could be pretty interesting i think the game's out in ord though um well it's higher seed yeah yeah yeah, higher seed Mm -hmm. so um so yeah that one is uh yeah, a little trip out out west. Or Ord,
3: probably loving. Or it's a little farther
0: damage. out there. A little bit farther uh, out there. Yeah, considering they thought that mm-hmm. maybe we're gonna have to go to right. Creek. So, yeah, would be would be pretty neat to see them. And then um, just real quick, if we go to eight-man D1 and D2, it's uh, Stanton's been the best number one team all year in uh, eight-man one or class D1. But Sandy Creek, the Shaw's of uh, Shaw's is a huge last name out there in Sandy Creek. They got another one, and he's playing great. And what they did to Cross County, who has some talent on their team, uh, 44-24 is a a pretty statement. Crofton has been right in that mix, too, as far as top five team all year in our coaches poll. And then Exeter Milligan-Friend, EMF, um, beating St. Pat's, which was Actually, St. Pat's is, was the number one team in our coaches' poll the entire season, and uh, EMF handling business out that way. So, uh, the D2 bracket, what's less in the, left in the semis, is extremely uh, not surprising. Interesting, would mm-hmm. that be the term?
3: Yeah, interesting is yeah. A, a great term because yeah. you have an eight and a four. That is. Yeah, Sandhill,
0: Sandhill, Thet- Sandus- uh just smacking Johnson, Brock. Big mm-hmm. surprise there. It was. It well, I mean, I saw Johnson Brock play this year. It's a big surprise. But South Loop is a team that's really good all year. South Loop's been a team, and why not's been a team that's been in the top of our rankings all year too. Um, why not? Why not played Humphrey St. Francis week two, one or two, I believe, and it was like 12 to six. So for them to win 34-12 um, against a good. Young but good St. Francis team is good, and then uh, hey, how's Dodge in the semifinals? Imagine that Mike Spears has a team in the semifinals. (laughs) It's like no (laughs) matter how bad, a a 16, it don't don't matter. (laughs) You don't want to play them. You don't want to play them in November or late October because Spears is a stud. He's amazing. Yeah. Okay, I got it. Yeah. Sorry. So that one that not one'll really. be good. And they so why not did beat Howells Dodge early in the year too? So um that's a, a rematch. So uh you got a little west and a little uh northeast matchups in D two. You got some the west on yeah, the top one. side and, and northeast on the bottom. Um so yeah, that's that's good there.
1: All right, in the last couple minutes here I wanna get to uh, we've got a little a little honor session, yeah. With the with Veterans Day, obviously it's it's being uh, acknowledged today. It's actually tomorrow, mm-hmm. uh, but there's there's a rich history of athletes a who lot of flyovers in tomorrow. the uh, right. in the military, and and you want to do. Yeah, so I have, a, I have,
3: I have a list of top 20. This came out in 2011, though. I, had a, I really struggled last night to find an updated list. Because, sure. like, we know that, you know, Villanueva, yep. who, who's With the kind of a, a really iconic one as of, right. as of late, uh, was somebody that served, too. But this is an all-time list of top athletes that also served in the military. I'm curious how many you guys can get. And now, remember way back when a lot of people did. see basically everybody served yeah right and so you had to especially so,
1: yeah. like world war ii era you had a, a bunch of them so I'm that's curious. where i was forgetting about earlier. right
3: i'm curious to see how many you guys can get so y- you guys already listed some off during the break but go ahead
1: all right so i think one pat tillman's number one
3: tillman is not number one on the list he hmm. is number six on
1: the list so Maybe number one on the list, Ted Williams. Yeah, Ted I was going to say Ted Williams is number one on the yeah. list. Yeah, uh, one be. of the best baseball players of all time, and uh, obviously he was an incredible pilot too mm-hmm. during World War II and Korea. Yeah, he, we'll
3: see if you guys can get the
1: top ten uh, before we go. to I'm going to say Stan Musial. Musial is not on this list. Ooh, he did serve, so <laughs> that's a, that's a miss on the list. But that's fine. Dave mm-hmm. Robinson, he is number ten. Ooh, number ten seems low. Huh. The admiral. Uh, I mean, he has a nickname even. Roger Staubach. Staubach is 11. Okay. Uh, man, I'm really, I'm thrown off that usual wasn't on the list there. Um, you are missing uh, one right,
3: baseball it's... player, one basketball, really iconic coach. Um, oh, Shashevsky. Uh, no and no. Mike
0: Shashevsky. Krzy- well, oh. oh, no, they coached there.
3: Yeah. Well, Shashevsky really played think, there. Think, yeah. think about a team that's won a ton None of national, national titles,
0: titles. Ro- Dean Smith. Mm-mm. UCLA. Mm-hmm. John oh, John Wooden, John Wooden, John Wooden. Was, That's right. Yep. yep. John
3: Wooden is nine or eight, rather. Um, good ke-
0: good catcher. catcher. Major League Baseball catcher of all Bench. time. Nope. Carl. No. Oh, uh, little guy, Yankees. What's oh, Yogi Berra. Yogi yeah, Berra, yeah, yeah, he's yeah, nine. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, uh, one of the, of the best Normandy. pitchers of all
3: time at seven. Bob Gibson. Uh, their team just won a World Series. Nolan Ryan. No. Nolan Ryan. He is seven. What? He was in
0: the... Oh, really? I didn't um, know
3: that. Willie Mays is five. Uh... Broke yeah, the, broke the barrier in uh, Major League Baseball. Yeah, at number four. All Jackie right. Robinson. Jackie Robinson. Oh yeah, that's right. He was. Joe DiMaggio there. is three, and Ty Cobb is number two.
1: Oof! Wow. Tough hang, Ty Cobb. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> You're listening to Hurt at Sports Radio.
4: Now let's find out what Matt Verzal is better at telling stories. Or making pizza. Matt. 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 <laughs> Matt's an exceptional young man. Matt Verzal. Happy birthday, Matt. You know, Matt. He's a tremendous athlete. Matt Verzal. <laughs> Come on, Matt. Matt, <laughs> Matt.
0: Matt. Matt. I'm with you.
5: You know, like Matt Verzal. You're one of the sexiest people in the world, but you're not one of the most beautiful. How does that happen?
4: Here is Matt Verzal. All right, Matt. Thank you very much.
1: Wrapping up the show here on a football Friday with our guy, Matt Verzel, as we always do. Verz, how are you this morning?
0: Uh, good, boys. How you doing? Good, good, good. Got him slinging today, Verz? You slinging pies already? Yep.
2: Yep. We got the, we got the big canning. So dining room will open at 3 and we'll go from
0: there. God, one of these days I'm going to actually get lunch there. But you're always <laughs> closed. Not on that.
2: front. That's not true, Mike.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Mike out here putting out some bad info. Uh, no, Vers. There's we... no truth to that, <laughs> Mr. Sauter.
0: Hey, that's my spot, though. It is. Vers, we uh, uh,
1: appreciate you joining us. We know you're busy. Um, as you look back towards the Michigan State game last week, um, were you. As disappointed with the loss as I think a lot of people were, or uh, did you the way Nebraska had been playing? Did you kind of expect their errors to catch up with them at some point?
2: Um, I think how that game is viewed is is what your perspective or or your outlook for the entire season is. Like I, I had little to no expectation for the season because you got new coaching staff again mm-hmm. pretty much same players and then some of the players that transferred in didn't even win jobs so to to me right now was it a disappointing thing yes but if you look at the structure of the team every team has one side of the football that is the dominant side okay For Nebraska this year, it is the defense. It is absolutely asinine to think that they are going to play a game, every game, and never have an off day, okay? Mm
6: -hmm.
2: When that side of the ball is dominant, has their off day, the other side of said ball has to pick them up. And so when when Nebraska – and, again, you're talking about a lateral double pass. You're talking about a touchdown – that went under review, and you're talking about a seam route. You give up 20 points in modern college football. You give up 20 points. You're feeling pretty good. You're going to win, but can't throw arm punts. Can't have an, an 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 un, what I would call rhythmic set of play calling. Like you have to get in a rhythm offensively, and four yards and five yards and, and three yards is always good. So. You had the chance to get your offensive line to establish some momentum and then it just seemed that those plays didn't get called anymore so it is I, I, I Get it. I know everybody's pissed but In the in the makeup of a team that offense needed to help the defense And and I don't care If it hasn't looked good all year, that was your chance to show you're just a teammate
1: mm-hmm.
2: <laughs> Like hey, somebody take the reins somebody get in somebody's face and somebody says this ass is not acceptable and if you ain't in for it then get out of it because they they, they're better than that and that that was probably the only thing that upset me is that there was nobody to get in there and really choose some ass and get and get that offense going
3: so, Verz, all that being said, three games left in the season, one away from bowl eligibility. What do you think the message in the room is this week, knowing what's at stake, knowing that the opponent is coming into your house and is a favorite to win, and also knowing that they're entering on a four-game losing skid?
2: Um, uh, I think it's just y- y- your the- – People at home or, or whomever will listen and say, here comes the cliche, but it's just it's one game at a time. It's one play at a time. That's it. Just win the next play. That's it. If you can string enough of those together. But, you know, as I've said, said it on Huster Hangover, said it on other radio interviews that I do, I'm like, listen, listen. for the crowd, you're, you're in this with them. You are. You don't think you are, but you are. Get a little boost up. Be as loud as humanly possible. (laughs) The goal is to break a peacock microphone. All right.
4: right?
2: You get so loud that you bust the microphone on a station that I have to subscribe to. So the four people and myself to come in and watch the games when we're doing carry out, I, I I don't get it, but it is what it is. But be loud, be honoring and and get after them because the team has to do the same. Now where I feel confident in this game in this first year of, of Matt Rule football at Nebraska, I haven't seen them play poorly twice in a row. Mm. Like, they're they're lucky they probably played at Michigan State. If they played that game at home, they probably would have another Sunday go at it. But they're on the road, you know, got to get home. <laughs> but I, I don't see them playing poorly again.
1: Vers, do you think it matters, you know, earlier in the season you mentioned that Sunday practice – it was the after the Michigan game, and then they go and play a lesser opponent in Illinois. Do you think it matters that they were playing maybe the lesser opponent first in Michigan State, and then playing a better opponent at Maryland, or is it all internal and in what they expect of each other?
2: Not even a little bit. That's that's a crazy statement. We're in no position to think anybody is lesser. But let I mean, come on, man. Like let's be honest with ourselves. Yeah. Like that's. I mean, Bill. Jesus Christ. Yeah, we can't... Jeez, we can't think that way. And if anybody thinks that way, you're wrong. Like, you ain't beat Illinois in two years. ain't nothing lesser about that.
1: I meant more Illinois was lesser than Michigan, not lesser than
2: Nebraska. Everybody's lesser than Michigan. (laughs) You don't have that luxury. Fair. You don't have that luxury. And if that, like, if your mind... If your mind thinks that way, you're wrong. You should fear everybody. Because you've proven you can lose to everyone.
0: Yeah.
2: <clears throat> like, that's, that's a mindset shift that has to happen.
0: I think fans do feel that way, though.
2: They ain't playing the game.
0: No, I know, but I'm like just saying, like.
2: Yeah,
0: it's still like a. But then. So
2: so, okay, man. so fans think that way. Like,
0: right. you that like fan? No, no, no. I'm just so, saying. I like,
2: hold you guys at, like, a higher.
0: Right. No, I I'm just saying you like a fan, do you filter into that. Like, come on. No, I, I what I'm saying, Matt, is that I I know people that are like, "Well, we're Nebraska and like we just we're better like at football stuff even though the last however many years proves otherwise." So that's I think that's what but I was he, trying to say, but which yeah, is wrong. It's fun. totally wrong because like <laughs> the people that think that is, Crazy, but, but when people like,
2: I mean, and maybe I'm just too old. But if people start talking crazy like that, you, you've seen me do it, Mike. Right. I'll shut just... my brain off and just start nodding. Like, yeah, uh-huh, okay. <laughs> yeah. <That laughs> yeah. yeah. For sure. Yeah. Yes. Absolutely. Okay, great to see you. Go do some stuff.
0: Doesn't put up hey, with it. Hey, can I can I can I ask a question about Waverly real quick? How do you how do you stop number eleven? Number, number
2: nine is the best player in the in the state. Yeah, nine is yeah. good. Number nine and I can see you that kid you watch that kid play, that the way he walks just like that is a wrestler.
0: Yes, <laughs> That is a bad that dude MS wins state titles. Drew, Drew. Moser is his name. Um, they have three. Yeah, he I mean, he's number nine, yeah. sir, to me. Number yeah. nine, sir, nice, sir, to you. sir. <laughs> hi. Um, they have they have three guys that have rushed for over five hundred yards. So offense, they're a little quirky, a little different, kind of like you guys, a little quirky, a little different on offense. Probably be a low scoring defensive game. I'm guessing.
2: How are we quirky?
0: I, I just okay. It's different than what everyone else is doing. Option.
2: Oh, different than Chuck and Duck?
0: Yeah, that, Mm -hmm.
2: yeah. What Waverly has done, and I have watched some A, Mm -hmm. I've watched a lot of B, um, some C. I haven't gotten to the D tape yet, but Waverly technically Mm -hmm. is the most sound offensive line that I have seen with my own two eyes. Mm -hmm. And they... They trust their kids a lot, Mm -hmm. and and they got a couple that pull to harm. Mm -hmm. Like, they don't pull to shield. They pull to harm, Mm -hmm. and it's awesome. Mm -hmm. Like, it is awesome. So, yes, they got three with 500, but they got five up front. They got 1,500. So, I would put that right more at the level they operate at.
0: Yeah. Should be a good one, though, I think. Should be a really good game. It
2: is. hopefully – (laughs) <laughs> both teams by the end of it know we both played a game because i could choose this one being
0: also, a hitter also not a lot of love lost waverly on the waverly side to scott for some reason I, I was there at the last time it was i think it was playoffs or quarterfinal game and it was brutally cold that night you probably started shorts on but i was looking like a <laughs> snow eskimo out there um And I remember that game, and and now hey, they have turf there, and the field's not a huge crown in the middle, so it's it's good, it's flat, be be a good game. There's like
2: the crown, yeah. I like the crown's kind of old school, like gangster. Yeah, they don't (laughs) have anymore, right?
0: They they took that out when they They put the turf in.
2: They wanted to run downhill. And they're like, yeah, we still got it. You can only
1: see the opponent from the hip up. <laughs>
0: it was, it was, it was big in there. It one of the crazy. rare
1: times where running downhill was a literal. Scene. Yeah. <laughs> it
0: was, and they come out, they ring a bell and everything. Like it's, it'll be juiced up in Waverly tonight for sure. Oh yeah. You think <laughs> they don't, they don't it's like, like they don't like Scut for sure. I know that. Not, like, one,
2: not one bit of it. Yeah. And I've, you try to warn everybody. Like, I told the parents, I was like, hey, maybe you get. They like to set up a tailgate spot. Before, I was like, maybe you guys should go tailgate in the parking lot. Yeah. I was like, I'm, I'm guessing you're going to get many warm."
3: <laughs> <laughs> First, right. quickly, quickly here, give me a 10-second answer here. How how was week one's loss to Bennington motivation for this gut group to get back there and see him again?
2: I do tell them, like, uh, the preseason or the early season stuff, they don't hand out trophies in August.
1: You win or you learn, you learn. You learn. So, that's good. All right. All right. That's Matt Verzal, our guy, former Husker, owner of Paisons Pizzeria. Verz, we appreciate it. appreciate you as always. We'll talk to you next week. Have a good weekend. Good work. Yeah. You can also hear Vers on Husker Hangover every week. That's all for the week. Have a good weekend.